listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. The world's most downloaded Jeep podcast is about to change. We've delivered the highest audio quality for an off-road podcast since 2010. That makes us the most downloaded Jeep podcast on the planet. And starting with episode 500, we're going to give you even more. What does that mean exactly? Stay tuned for more information in the coming episodes. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never drove anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Gladiator Off-Road. What? I heard my name. <laughs> we talk, what are we talking about? Yes. Hello, Jeep sandwiches. Wake up. <laughs> On this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be talking about the future of, Jeep, of the Jeep brand itself and what they have planned for the next 10 years and possibly even beyond. And Jeep turns 80 today, like as we record the show even. We'll find out why today is the official anniversary for Jeep. And later, I'm going to teach you how to find out what the light in the dash means without all that expensive diagnostic equipment. Well, howdy, it's Wendy. And today we're getting into four low. That sounds like trouble. (laughs) Hey, everyone. I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama. And on this week's Jeep Life, I'm going to share with you about the Gambler 500. I'm Tony. On this episode, I'll be chatting with all the Jeep Talk Show listeners that attended our Jeep Talk Show Texas event. Can't wait. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Future as the brand turns 80 years old. Well, the saying goes, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But as Jeep turns 80, the adventure brand of Stellantis is looking to make some of its biggest moves ever. On the docket over the next 10 years or so, Jeep CEO Christian Meunier says it's electrifying the lineup to become the world's greenest SUV brand with a fully battery electric model in each segment by 2025, adding autonomous capabilities and maybe even going fully underwater. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I've seen Jeep brand spacecraft in my lifetime, or at the very least, Martian Jeeps, at least in some form or another. Jeep, the first multi-planet automaker. How about that? It could happen, right? I don't know. But in all seriousness, Jeep has come a long way since the federal government ordered up general purpose military vehicles from Willys Overland Motors in 1941 for World War II. It has pioneered 4x4 capabilities, launched the first premium and compact SUVs on the planet, and appealed to customers and corporations around the globe. In response to the Bronco alone, Jeep has introduced the 2021 Wrangler Rubicon 392, the first factory-built Wrangler SUV with a V8 in it in nearly 40 years. The week This week at the Chicago Auto Show, Jeep is showing the Wrangler Extreme Recon Package, its direct response to the Bronco's off-road Sasquatch package. I'm pretty sure Jeep is going to have no problem keeping its king of the official off-road title for the foreseeable future as Jeep looks ahead to 2030. Now, speaking of the future, Jeep has released a new teaser video talking about and uh, and showing what's next for Jeep. I've got to be honest, it gave me goosebumps at one point, thinking about what some of the technology they show could actually mean for the future of the automotive world as a whole, let alone the off-road community. 
To date, this is one of the most interesting Future of Jeep videos that I've seen in the last 10 years. Now, Jeep wow. has planned for some incredible heads-up display tech that we will likely see as soon as 2025, along with biometric facial recognition that will unlock and power up your Jeep as you walk towards it. I'm not joking. In July of 2025, we will see Jeep to drone pairing capabilities, allowing you to create stunning aerial videos on or off-road day or night by pairing your vehicle to your drone. By 2030, Jeep promises to have fully autonomous off-road capabilities, remote vehicle tracking, and the ability to lie flat in the Jeep while stargazing through a panoramic sunroof as the vehicle drives itself down the trail. It's, it's <laughs> going to happen. Wait, and in another, <sighs> yet another scene, Jeep is basically saying that you can have the Jeep meet you at the top of the mountain while you hike up the trail. That doesn't quite sound as much fun as wheeling your way up, but I'm still <laughs> super curious as to see how this new tech Jeep is highlighting is going to play out. Now, one thing is for certain, without question, Jeep is moving its DNA into the electrified space. And there is no question that they are doing it in a fashion that will put them way out in front of many of the auto, uh, many of the other automakers. Now, there's definitely a push to market the 4XE Wrangler in this video, too. I lost count with the number of times they emphasized 4xE in this video. Okay, I get it. But Jeep needs to understand that I'm mispronouncing it on purpose, okay? As it's one of the dumbest acronyms I've ever heard of. Regardless of my feelings, you should check out the video for yourself, if nothing else, to see what could be for the Jeep brand as it celebrates another birthday. We'll have the link to that video in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. Okay. <laughs> First off... I know. Questions. Wait, I'm gonna, sure there are many. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I'm just going to imagine maybe doing John Bull, let's just say, for for example. I and got, you're going to be... I can go, go pee. You go ahead and yeah. do it. I'll be back. <laughs> and, 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 and you're going to be laying back, you know, stargazing. How the hell does a Jeep know... <laughs> How big the boulder is and how to get through that stupid line. And what the heck? There's no way. Can you imagine well, the tossling around and what kind of seatbelts are they going to give them to lay back? <laughs> what I am picturing when they are talking about autonomous off-road capabilities is not going to be, well, your Jeep can rock crawl this double black diamond trail by itself. Likely it, what they're yeah. going to mean is that it can follow a a, um, uh, a logging road, you know, a, a gravel road. Uh, that's Fire up on road the side or something. Off yeah, fire, yeah. You know, any of the, you know, those things. You are technically off-highway. You are technically off the road at that point, but it is nothing that would require your Jeep to be in four low and for you to be, you know, picking a line, so to speak. I don't see that technology coming around for at least another 20 years. But, but that being said, they are showcasing a driverless Jeep going up the mountain. And in another scene, you know, th this driverless Jeep Passing another Jeep as the guy like turns around like, what the hell is that? You know, and, <laughs> and he sees this Jeep driving by itself up the mountain. It, it's interesting. I, whether or not it's actually a display of the technology or whether or not that Jeep was just being towed with a cable that you can't see, I don't know. But nonetheless, it is, it, they're saying that this is the kind of technology that they're going to be bringing to market and it's going to be happening in the next five or ten years or less. Which is kind of cool. So I guess we need to start thinking about cyborgs and having, you know, face recognition right? when well, I walk through the parking lot and open all the doors for me. Okay, bad guys, just hang around and wait. That person walks close enough, everything unlocks, I can get in before they do. Certainly the technology is, is really impressive and very interesting. But, I mean, it's it's like the old one I've, I've said before. It's like the guy that was so lazy he married a pregnant wife. 
And uh, I just don't see <laughs> the fun in letting, you know, just watching the Jeep do it. Although you've been able to get that. some good pictures. I've never heard that one before. Oh, really? I've said <laughs> that one either. before. I'm sorry. I've never heard that. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And, and exactly who wants to get out of their Jeep and climb to the top of the mountain and then say, here, Jeep, come here. Boop, boop, <laughs> make a little that's, whistle that's like your saying. dog. Well, I blame Fitbit <laughs> for all those steps that you have to get sorry. during the day, you know? So, I, well, isn't that, it you guys walk down the mountain? I mean, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys will get this reference or not, but uh, I, I, I'm a gamer. I like playing games, and I know I'm late to the party on this specific game, Titanfall Two. It's a Microsoft game. I, I just got it. it. They get cheap. I buy them. I play them. And uh, in Titanfall Two, you get in a mech suit. So if, yeah. you, if you can kind of think of a badass. Uh, a suit like what Ripley was in in Aliens, you know that cargo moving okay. thing. Except this yeah. is this is made for combat. So you you get in this thing, but the in the campaign the storyline has you getting in and out of the mech suit a lot, which which I think enhances the the game. But the problem is, is that sometimes you get out of the mech suit, it and it goes into automation automated mode, and it goes and shoots people and runs off, and I'm going, wait, wait, I want to get back in, and I'm chasing the mech suit, hey, come back here, you know, so I can press the little button, get back inside. I, I can see this happening with the Jeep. The Jeep's is going to go have fun on its own, and you're going to be yes, running right. after it, trying to catch up. Me or, this, this, or, this yes, I'm exactly. Off my own, my own. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and, and what's going to stop the Jeep from going? You know, those guys wheel harder and longer and bigger i'm going to go over there so i'm not going to be your jeep anymore i'm just going to go visit over here i could just see so that happening I'm, your jeep will call I'm you on the phone and say you know why i'm out here i'm going to yeah. uh, <laughs> i'm wondering if there is any ai in it i mean obviously there's going to have to be some degree of ai that that controls uh the auto the autonomous uh, part of this but th that that is the scary part of it right is is will that ai turn on you one of these days how much yeah, can it yeah. learn does it adapt you know it, it's all these questions <laughs> i i, I have lots of them. oh and will it place orders uh, online for bigger tires and wheels and uh, you know all the accoutrements parts, that it Tony. needs yeah oh look you're so, you're about to break something i'll i'll pre-order it for you so when you get home it's already there for you actually that'll just be jeep's uh, idea <laughs> this yeah. is going to stress this part anyway this is a fun story there's all kinds of things this that can happen funny. with us <laughs> well, there's one other aspect of this whole thing that I only briefly touched on, and, and that was the underwater aspect of it. Oh, God. Yes. Now, now uh, the, 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 head, the head of Jeep, uh, Munier, Christian Munier, says um, that there are already people out there that are doing this. You know, And he's yeah. referring to, to Jeeps with snorkels and things right. like that doing deep water crossings. There, there was, there's a couple versions of this video that are out there. And uh, the one that you have a link to does not have this part in it, but there is one out there that does, that has a very, I mean, like a second and a half snippet, what's showing a, uh, almost the outline of a Jeep Wrangler, clearly the lights, and you can see the, the window and stuff and the grill and everything like that, barely illuminated, underwater, completely underwater, 100% submerged. Not like just up to the bottom of the doors or maybe, you know, up to the top of the door. No, this Jeep is like 10 feet underwater or deeper. And, and and so there's there's this question that arises: Is Jeep working on a watertight Wrangler? That would be neat, wouldn't it? But though? what about the electric batteries? How are they going to do that? Watertight, exact, uh, sealed, sealed compartment. Yeah. Uh, you know. So I mean, there there. Right. I, I, I saw this one part in this interview saying that there are some some crazy and extremely genius people at, at in Jeep's design department that are working yeah. on very interesting things 
And and so and that was right after the question of the underwater aspect of it. And and so is Jeep going to be having a, a submarine <laughs> coming out? I I don't know. Well, but it certainly it, it's interesting to to be like, okay, well, you know, uh, wheeling uh, the bottom of that lake bed while it is full of water <laughs> is certainly interesting. Look at that catfish. Get that sucker. How are we going to get to it? Uh, you know, they're going to have to have an arm that sticks out so you can grab stuff. Now, I think Wendy may have touched on something when she talked about outer space earlier. Where she made that comment when you talked about underwater. Because keep in mind, underwater is a lot more difficult than outer space. Outer space is one atmosphere. And depending on how far you go in the water, there's a lot more pressure than one atmosphere. So if you can seal a Jeep for multiple atmospheres, all you need is a way of uh, you know getting it onto the Starship at, uh, down in Brownsville, Texas, and uh, now your Jeep can go out in outer space. Now, I don't know how long you'll be able to breathe with just the cabin <laughs> air that's in there. But. Right. That's the, uh, that's the other thing, yeah. Okay, no, so got, so I guess now, what's coming board, next so, is the is the Mars version, right? Oh, Mars yes. I, was just, uh, I was just about to say this brings a whole new meaning to the term onboard air. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime I eat a lot of chili, yeah, it, it, there's more. There's multiple meanings. <laughs> not okay, that, that's not good, Tony. Yeah, good way to that. end that story. <laughs> so you know, I, I was talking about uh, Jeep celebrating uh, its 80th uh, anniversary, and today, actually, July 15th, as we record the show, uh, in July 15th, 1941, actually marks the day that Willys Overland signed its contract with the U.S. War Department oh, to wow. begin production of Willys MB. For the military to use during World War II. So, I mean, we, that this is where, I mean, it is today, as we are recording this, this is a legitimate uh, birthday, if you wow. will. I uh, did not gee. know that Germany was a problem. So, That's gee, this cool. is amazing. <laughs> now, Ford, uh, as is, some of you may know, also built a version of this same, same truck, which it helped engineer and was awarded a patent for it in 1942. But Willys Overland and its successor companies have kept the style of the vehicle in continuous production through today's Jeep Wrangler. Willys Overland filed a trademark application for the name Jeep in 1943 and started selling quote-unquote civilian Jeeps, the CJ2A models, in 1945. But it wouldn't be until 1950 before the trademark was finally approved. Now, the automaker has fiercely protected its signature look and trademark styling through countless legal battles to keep it from becoming a generic term for an open-top SUV ever since. As it has for uh, all of its major anniversaries, Jeep is, of course, offering a lineup of limited-edition 80th anniversary versions for all of its models that feature unique trim and commemorative badging. The brand was also recently named the most patriotic automaker of all companies in a survey of U.S. consumers for the 19th year running. So, happy 80th birthday, Jeep. That's Just cool. amazing. 80 years and never had a right. fight. Well, World War II, <laughs> but other than that, never it's, had a fight. We won that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we want to hear what you have to say. You can uh, do that, and please do so. You can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. And coming up later in the show, you're going to hear Tony interview several Jeepers from the first ever Jeep Talk Show Texas event held at Hidden Falls Adventure Park back on July 10th. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And we've got something for everybody at the 4x4 Radio Network. And be sure to spread the word, regardless of uh, what they drive, even if they're not a Jeeper, it's okay. It's not their fault. We've got the On the Trail podcast, Trail Chasers, the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast, lots of great off-road shows there. It's all in one spot. It's all for free as well. And it's all at 4x4radionetwork.com. The Jeep Talk Show is there, too. We'll see you there. 
Hey, Jeep Talk Show. It's Allie from Canada again. Just wanted to call Allie. in and uh, comment on a couple things. I'm listening to episode 497 on a Wednesday night after Rotary Bingo on the way home. And one of the only nights I don't have a child with me, so probably the best night to call in and not have background interference. So, uh, anyway, <clears throat> trail snacks. There is nothing better on a Jeep trip than some good old beef jerky. I mean, mm. I think your beaver tail probably really good. <laughs> beaver tail. Also good, but nothing. You can't beat beef jerky. I mean, come on. Second, I want to talk a little bit about my adventure trailer. Put that thing together. Took it to the in-laws this weekend. It was absolutely fabulous. Stayed in it for five nights. Great. Toad. Fantastic. The rooftop tent was great. The Traeger was great. The Chili Moose Cooler. Everything worked out very well. Took it cheap in a couple of times. It's been fantastic. Great idea. Rooftop tent on a trailer. Definitely a way to go. Uh, doing a great job, you guys. Absolutely love it. Finally got myself some GRMS radios. As Tony and I were talking about, I can't really get much for in the vehicle, so I got a couple of handhelds uh, from Canadian Tire. Probably don't know much about Canadian Tire in the U.S., but Canadian Tire is a great spot to get things, outdoor things, automotive things, whatever you need. And picked up a couple of those, so I'll be set for my next Jeep trip. As it turns out, not many people use CB anymore. So, GRMS, way to go. And I got myself all well equipped. Can't wait to go out on my next Jeep trip. Keep up the great work. Talk to you soon. Yeah, we used the GMRS radios out on the uh, the trail this past uh uh, July uh, 10th when we went on the uh, uh, Jeep Talk Show Texas event and it was wonderful. Those, it was wonderful. Yeah, I was, I'm curious to hear how that worked out because I know that we use them um, when we do training and sometimes you can't hear or the person talking super low. It's just, I guess we're still trying to figure them out. So how, how did it, how did it work for you? Man, it was great. Didn't have all that static that you get from the CB. You know, it's actually mm -hmm. a, a radio where the squelch works. So it's completely silent until somebody talks. Now, some of the handhelds, I suspect it was handhelds because the, the signals were a little weak and a little scratchy, but okay. uh, most everybody had mobile uh, in installations with external antennas, uh, and those certainly are going to work a lot better than being inside a okay. metal cage. So Yeah, yeah I've, I've had that same experience even with just CBs. Uh, yeah. Every time I go out on the trail, I always carry a, a handheld CB with me. Now, sure, it's one of those, like, shove eight AA batteries into the back of it. It's out of 1983, you know, uh, Radio Shack type of uh, Oh, it looks like device. you're calling in an airstrike. It's huge. Oh, seriously. <laughs> no, the thing is gigantic, right? Uh, but, hey, if you don't have communications, here you go. Yeah. Here's the dunce yeah, cap, right. you know, as it were. But still, you've got, at least there's some communications. But I always have to tell the person, make sure the antenna is pointing out the window. Yeah. Because we're not going to be able to hear you unless, you know, we're right on top of your bumper uh, unless you do so. So, yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, even the GMRS uh, apparently has the same sort of limitations. Oh, yeah. Radio's radio. Yeah. Oh, mean, yeah. They all you know, work the same way. Of a metal box, yeah, it's going to be limited quite a bit. So, depending on what you have for the handy talkie, uh, the, the slightly upgraded models from the standard FRS, you can actually take off the antenna, the little rubber duck, and stick on a, a piece of coax that goes to a magnetic mount antenna. And then to stick that on your hood or on your roof. Uh, and they're not very big. They're not like, uh, yeah, exactly. That's a BNC connector. So right. all, all you need is a, a, a nice, uh, oh, that's that's for the walkie-talkie. I mean, that's a CB though, right? Right. Yeah. No, you, no. You'd, this have, to, is, you'd have to have a much larger a, antenna then. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is uh, a race radio. Actually, this is uh, it's just a receiver. It doesn't have oh, transmitting okay. capabilities. Yeah. But uh, but good lord, the the bands on this thing. Oh, it's amazing what they can do these days. So yeah, we'll we'll get we'll do more radio talk in the future, and uh, maybe we could even do a, a GRMS uh, giveaway here soon. So uh, oh, yeah. one of you folks that uh, that are still doing the CB and like to join the GMRS crowd uh, will be able to. Mm-hmm. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, got a light on the dash and don't know what it means? Or maybe you just want more lights on the dash. We'll teach you how to do both later in the show. Putting lights on the dash is really, really easy. Making them all go off is hard without just dis- disconnecting the battery. <laughs> what? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Newbie. Newbie. Nugget. It's time for Newbie Nuggets. Well, one thing I've noticed over the past year when working with newbies is how many people are unaware or unsure of how to use their four-wheel drive. Sure, there's two shifters sitting there in your Jeep, and there are numbers on both, but what the heck do they mean, and how and when do you, do you use them? Now, there are two shift levers in your Jeep. Everyone driving any vehicle today knows the main shifter has the letters P, R, N, D, 2, and 1 on it, and what they do and how to drive. This shifter connects to the transmission and is used for normal, everyday driving. The other lever you'll find in your Jeep is the shifter for four-wheel drive. It has a 2H, 4H, an N, and a 4L on it. Now, this shifter is connected to the transfer case, which transfers power from the transmission to the front and rear drive shafts, giving you four-wheel drive. Of course, anyone who's been driving off-road for years or most of their life knows this info instinctively. But being new and with very little off-road experience when I started jeeping, I had no idea when to use these features. And from the number of new students we teach now, it seems to be a common theme. The dealers don't take the time or don't know how to explain. Or the new buyer's brain is filled with so many other things the dealer's explaining, like how to set the air temp or turn the Jeep on or how to make a call. Or they figure the customer will just read the owner's manual, which isn't a bad idea, by the way. So for those of us who want to know but we're afraid to ask, here is some basic info on what the gears do and when to use them. Now, once you wheel more, you'll become more familiar with the process and you won't need to think about when to use four-wheel drive. But for us beginners, this is a good guide to get started. Now the 2H, also known as two high or two-wheel drive, this is where the transfer case shifter stays for normal everyday driving. Two-wheel drive, rear axle, like most cars and trucks. Now, this is a good mode to keep your Jeep in as you travel to and from your destination on the highway, even a little bit off-road, like an easy fire road and trails. Now the 4H, also known as four high, this is used when you encounter slippery road conditions like when the roads are covered with snow and ice or the trails are muddy and slicked from a light rain. This will help to maintain better traction and control. The N is neutral. This is where you would leave it if you were to flat tow your Jeep on all four wheels behind a motorhome or a truck. 4L, also known as 4 low, now this is where all the fun crawling happens. This lower gear allows you to crawl slowly over rocks and obstacles because the drive line, which is the wheels, turn much more slowly for the same engine RPM. <clears throat> this allows the engine to provide much more torque to the wheels while going very slow. Now, you probably would also be in second gear or first gear to really feel the benefits of this lower gear. Top speed of the Jeep might be about 20 miles an hour when in four low. It is only for slow speed driving over rough terrain or obstacles. Now, the hardest part is putting your Jeep in one of the modes listed above. Well, not really, but I had to get your attention. 
too high or two-wheel drive is where you want the transfer case shifter to be when you have the Jeep transmission in drive and on normal paved road conditions. This is where the shifter should be for your daily driving. The four-wheel shifter has a diagram showing the movement of the shifter that is usually in a rearward and slight jog to the right diagram. The most forward position is too high. The second position is four high and is pulled back toward the rear of the Jeep to the next position. This momentum is not as easy as it sounds, so you may need to add some oomph to get it to move. Now, you can be moving or slowly moving down to put the Jeep in this mode. Great for when you notice you need some additional traction and you can simply shift into this gear while negotiating the slippery terrain. Keep in mind to let off the gas as you shift from too high to four high. The front and rear tires should be going the same speed when you engage the transfer case into four high. If you're spinning the rear wheels in the snow or ice and try to slam the shifter into four high, the different speeds of the front and rear drive shafts connected to the transfer case could cause internal damage as it tries to go into four-wheel drive, which could also get expensive. Now, once the terrain doesn't require four high, go ahead and push the lever back into two high. It's not too healthy for the Jeep to run in four high on drive pavement for very far. Now, the last position is 4L or 4 low. Now, this has to be done while the Jeep is stopped and the transmission, not the transfer case, is in neutral. That's the other shifter. So once the transmission is in neutral, you simply pull the transfer case or four-wheel drive shifter back all the way to the last position. This will include a slight shift to the right as you pull rearward. Some may, have, some may be straight back, but most have a slight jog. Now this will require more strength or oomph. I know on our Jeep, it's 2008 JKUR, I really have to use both hands and pull as hard as I can to get it into four low. On newer Jeeps today, this is a bit easier, but don't be afraid to use some strength. Sometimes when it just won't go into four low, it's because the internal transfer case gears are not quite lined up properly to engage easily. Sometimes when this happens, you can release your foot off the brake pedal a bit and allow the Jeep to move slightly if you're on an incline, like maybe a half inch or two inches while pulling back on the shifter. Then as soon as it's engaged, put your foot back on the brake and the transmission back into first or second gear and away you go, up and through that obstacle. Now when you're finished crawling or wheeling, the reverse is what you do to get back into too high. First come to a stop, with your foot on the brake, put the transmission in neutral, grab the transfer case or four-wheel drive shifter, and shove it forward with a strong push all the way into too high. Don't forget about that jog to the left this time. Now once back in the too high position, put the transmission into drive and continue on your way. Now, a little side note, it's not too healthy for the Jeep to run in four low on drive pavement. Besides, it would be slow and it would take you probably two days to get home while everyone else on the road honks at you. Mm -hmm. Now, you can experiment for yourself as you learn when to use four low versus four high. Sometimes the best way to learn is to just try it. You will see and feel the difference as you wheel. Sometimes four low will be your only option because it's so steep and you need the extra torque from the engine with the lower gears. Sometimes you may think you need four low when four high would have worked. Although if you're off-road on a steep, slippery trail, four low will always be your best bet. So go out, yeah. experiment, and learn what your Jeep is capable of. So guys, I know you're both familiar with and when and how to use four low, but anything you want to add? Just one item that 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 you kind of touched on, and and I'm I'm glad you did, and it was it was about the uh, the gears inside the transfer case meshing up and whether or not you can uh, get that lever to engage fully. Sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the time, I have found in in different vehicles that a little bit of rotate uh, forward momentum, and I'm talking under five miles per hour here, 
right. sometimes helps with that with that meshing of the gears. Uh, and, and so I mean, there are synchros involved in that a little bit, and 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 that can help a little bit. Now, anything over that, and you're likely going to be, uh, you know, uh, grinding gears, and and it's going to make a very nasty, bad sound, and it's not going to it's not going to bode well for you. Um, but sometimes uh, a little bit of uh, motion will will help some, uh, and other times it may just be the age of your Jeep and uh, the the linkage that connects that lever inside the cab of the Jeep to the actual, you know, uh, the mechanism on side of the transfer case that actually moves the gears around inside of there into, you know, the different ranges and stuff can be slightly out of adjustment, especially if there was a service done lately or you had any um, uh, modification to drive lines done, uh, any, anything like that. Uh, maybe you uh, came down on a rock really hard or something and, and now some, you know, things just don't quite line up right. Anything like that can cause a situation to where some kind of a linkage needs to be adjusted and, and generally, it is usually pretty minor uh, and is a very uh, easy task, oftentimes done uh, even easier with, uh, with another person there involved. But, but nonetheless, th that can be something um, that if you're constantly having issues going into four low or getting back into two-wheel drive, it could be just something as simple as uh, need to adjust your linkage. So, Wendy, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the, uh, the vehicle speed, um, that the, the you need to be having all the wheels going the same speed. One thing that people may not understand is is that when you make turns, one wheel is going faster than the other one. So right. you, you, you want to be going straight whenever you go into four high or four low, yes. especially especially four low, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and and get ready to stand on your brake depending on if what your <laughs> what the the ratio is on your transfer case, like the Rubicons, mm -hmm. for example. Uh, you may really have to stand on that brake to keep it from moving on its own, which is good because that means it wants to crawl and it won't require you to do a lot of things. Just kind of take your foot off the, the brake and it will go up and over things. Now, oh, this, so was, this was pretty cool while we were out in, uh, at uh, Hidden Falls. Uh, the NB Trail 6 uh, team came on and said, for you guys that have uh, the, the later model Jeeps, uh, I think JLs, JTs is primarily what they were referring to. Uh, you can uh, uh, take it out of drive, uh, just uh, jog the uh, the shifter over to the right a little bit and put it in manual yeah. and drop it into uh, second gear. And they said, mm -hmm. for this trail, four low, second gear, you won't have to do anything except you know, steer it over the rocks properly. And drive. Yeah. Yep. Because you're not going to have to use the accelerator. Now, I didn't get a chance to use the uh, hill descent, but damn it, I'm going to read up and use it next time because <laughs> I think that would have been a blast just, just to know how it works. Well, uh, yeah, you should. I yeah. mean, you should know how everything works on that Jeep. Well, it, it didn't dawn on me because it's not a day-to-day -day thing. And then I'm out there on the trail going, hey, wait a minute. I got something on this Gladiator There's I've never button. used before. The button. <laughs> now, you got yeah. you got something, uh, at, well, actually somebody here on the show uh, who kind of has some technology that they've designed for older Jeeps that is something similar. Um, it's a Rad Designs Products uh, rail shifter, the shifter uh, yeah. controller units, and which sort of does that same sort of thing. You can lock the Jeep into second gear and just let the low range of the transfer case sort of do its thing um, and, and, and kind of mimic what Tony was just talking about in the, in the JL or the JT. Yeah, and idle, well, the idle speed is, is what we're talking about. So you, you do have throttle, yeah. but the idle speed is enough to move you over the, the obstacles on the trail uh, in, in, in second gear, which is really cool. Yeah, it's interesting, too, with the, I guess we're just fortunate to work with people that are newer Jeep drivers or maybe owners. And 
I think this is probably one of the items that most people have no idea about, and I think newbies are more afraid of it because oh, they yeah. just don't understand it. Well, the thing and you said I, was you can damage something, and I think well, most people know you can just tear the hell out uh, something up if you do that wrong. Yeah, but I think, too, like, when do you use it? Like, here's this thing sitting here, the shifter, but when do I use it? When's it appropriate? And then how to use it? So, uh, whenever we do sort of a run, we go through each particular Jeep and each driver and say, you know, do you know how to do this? Do you know how to um, actually get it into, you know, four high or four low? And then show them. And, you know, it's funny. Some of the older Jeeps like ours, it is take a little more muscle to get it down there. You know, it's free. It's not being bound up in any way, but it is just really stiff to get it down there. Oh, the Gladiator but, was tough. I, I mentioned this but, in a prior show. Oh, really? Yeah. The it Gladiator was you? really. Yeah, wow. I feel like I'm going to break something when I'm putting it in four low. Well, that's, yeah, that's us on our Jeep. So, but the other, uh, the, the other newer JKUs, they, it seemed to be pretty easy for people, but I have to tell, especially the women drivers, don't be afraid of it. This isn't like your regular shifter that just slowly goes into what you need. You got to be a little bit forceful to get it in there. So, um, I just thought this was a good topic to bring up and, um, you know, remind people that this is a learning process and it's nice to know there's some information on when and how to use it, but you really kind of have to get out there and feel what's going to work for you and how it works best. So, so, so I'd recommend uh, using that anger that you have whenever the trash isn't taken out or the lawn isn't <laughs> mowed. That's the effort you need to put into uh, in or the some of them. doesn't come home on time. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. If anybody's curious about that Rad Designs rail shifter that I was talking about, how that works and everything, uh, if you want to uh, listen to the interview we had of the, uh, the owner of the company who you know makes all that sort of stuff, uh, we uh, have that in episode 448. Uh, so just head over to jeeptalkshow.com, look for episode 448, and you can uh, you can hear a great interview with Rad Design Products LLC. I think that was Rory. Uh, I think that was the gentleman's name. Yeah, good guy. Well, do you have a topic or suggestion for newbie nuggets? I'd love to hear from you. Check out our YouTube channel at Trails 411 for great content with lots of tips, tricks, and techniques. Sure, excuse me, sure. May I be so bold as to interject something? All right. Well, we try another intro for the Gladiator uh, talk show uh, what? update. He's going to spit. He's going to spit all over the intro. Is that what he's injecting? <laughs> so I the, seem to have forgotten all about that little audio drop that I heard <laughs> at one point in time in the show's history. Uh, now Josh is going for the towel to clean off his mic. <laughs> and his cat. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, so the Jeep talk show uh, off road event is now history. What a Yay. great time. I want to thank Mac Armstrong for getting us connected with NB Trail Team 6 that we uh, were scheduled to be uh, be at Hidden Falls on July 10th. And the reason why we selected that date for our listeners to attend, we had five Jeeps turn out for the JTS event, including Mac. So Mac was kind of like dual purpose. He was with his group and our group. It's so awesome. So glad to so hear he that. Was he, he was a double agent. He was a double agent. He was a spy. <laughs> <laughs> so Re- Rebecca is actually the uh, the person uh, that's uh, kind of the main force behind NB, tra- NB Trail Team Six, and uh, I-, I reached out to her to do the interview with her for that we're going to have for tonight, and uh, she recommended Mac. So Mac got him. Mac got back on the phone. He goes, "I don't know why I'm here. I don't talk." Rebecca talks all. Rebecca talks all the time. You should have asked, asked her. I said I did. She threw you under the bus, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mac previously mentioned uh, that uh, was part of both groups: uh, Jimmy, John Lee, uh, Mike B, uh, which was uh, John Lee's friend. 
uh, from work, Andrew, and uh, three of the five are Zoom people that I think are actually in the Zoom room tonight. It was great getting to meet everyone and even better to take the JTS Glad out on level five trails. Easy peasy. But I do believe the two-inch Mopar lift led to a far less scraping than when I was out there about a month ago. So I want everybody to stay tuned because the Jeep Talk Show Texas uh, event will be making another run to Hidden Falls. I'm thinking August or September. So give us your feedback on a date that would be good for you. What do you think, guys? Should we do another uh, Jeep Talk Show uh, Texas event? Yes, I'm thinking August uh, and September. Hello. (laughs) I was just about to say, I think we should be doing events on a regular basis. Uh, They're turning out pretty good and all that so yeah that's uh that, that that's just it's all positive so i yeah i don't think uh, that would be a that'd be a bad thing at all so, so so josh i i don't know if you caught here it says stay tuned because jeep talk show texas so does that mean we need jeep talk show california i think jeep so talk show oregon absolutely jeep talk show colorado. colorado yeah I absolutely think, yeah here we go well, i think we Events. should do jeep talk show uh, maryland to make her have to fly back or, or drive <laughs> back. back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Roush Creek is there. That is, yeah. you know, right. uh, I would say in the top five, uh, if not top ten of, of you know, biggest uh, off-road parks here in the nation. I mean, that that is, I wouldn't say world-renowned, but certainly nationally renowned. I mean, uh, uh, before I, I was even doing the show here, I knew about Roush Creek. So uh, that that's, yeah, that's one of those things where maybe if we can get her back there. That would be uh, would be a good one to uh, to host. Well, you know, with all the paid subscribers that we're getting, the no longer rat bastards that uh, are no longer listening to the show for free, it's possible, it's conceivable in the future that we all may get out and just do a Jeep talk show event. That's maybe a Wash Creek. Isn't yeah, it, Tony? it has no. been yeah. years. But it, we've talked about that about how cool a lot of it would money. be if we could all be in one spot. You know, I mean, and we've we've sort of pipe dreamed a little bit about about it uh being at an easter jeep safari uh and if if, you know we could do a a big you know at you know one of those milestone events at the easter jeep safari and you know there's gonna be a lot of people there a lot of jeepers great exposure everybody can get there type of thing i don't know so that's it's it's something that we're working on it if nothing else and and we're and we're starting by doing these you know like he just did a run to hidden falls i mean that's what we need to do is just get more of that gotta gotta show people that i'm gonna show up you know gotta show people that i'm gonna be there i mean certainly that's a question people people showed us that they're actually gonna show up too exactly (laughs) yes exactly i'm thinking that now that they've seen this there's some social media pictures there's evidence that doesn't look doctored (laughs) <laughs> that you know we actually well, were out yeah. there and had a great time and uh, the interview that's coming up you'll hear uh how everybody was uh, paid to say they had a good time and oh, uh God. so <laughs> well it was they were paid off with beaver nuggets so that's uh, it can't wait <laughs> so try those uh it was it was a great time and i, th- I think because of this it's going to help other people make the decision to to come out also too Absolutely. uh and, and and you and everybody listening can help me on this if you know of a group in texas uh they don't necessarily have to go to hidden falls but would be interested in going to hidden falls we'd love to meet up with them because that gives us an opportunity to meet new people and uh, make them aware of the of the show and have fun going off road so if you know of a group that uh, would be a good group for me to reach out to let me know i'd uh, love to uh, love to talk to them and of course you can go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to uh, send me uh, an email so now we've spoken and then this is the negative part of this uh this segment guys <laughs> we've spoken several times about making the trails cleaner and even making sure if you dump oil transmission fluid etc you clean it up one thing we haven't mentioned is polluting the air on the trail oh, there's plenty you, of well, air. You, 
<laughs> wait a minute. Wait, what's he talking about, Josh? He just said he had chili when he drives the Jeep. I don't know what he's yeah, talking right. about. I, I keep the windows rolled up with the air conditioner. It's all recycled. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, that cabin air filter. Oh, <laughs> poor son of a bitch. <laughs> it, it looks like my underwear after a couple of months. Uh, oh, so, man, too much information. Skid <laughs> works. So anyway, one thing I haven't mentioned uh, on polluting the, the, the air on the trail, it, it's not the exhaust from your Jeep, but from your lungs. I'm talking about smoking on the trail. Josh, Ooh. Wendy, do you guys have any kind of opinion on uh, smokers on the trail? Yes, I yes. do. You know, yeah, because you know I'm I'm you know I got the windows down or or, or whatnot, and you yeah, know, we're crawling two miles an hour going up the trail, and, and suddenly <laughs> I'm thinking that there's going to be like strawberry donuts around the next bend or something like that. But no, it's just Brad and his freaking douche flute and his cloud of lies, and, and I, I'm I'm no, I, this is has to end. So you're okay with this? What you're saying? <laughs> yes. Ditto so, for me, Josh. Thank you. You know. Uh, <laughs> I have, speaking for myself, I don't care if you smoke. It's legal, and if you're doing it, great. What I have an issue with is me having to endure smelling it. Your personal choice takes away from my enjoyment of the trail. I know smokers have been run out of buildings, out of your vehicles if you're riding with your kids, and even out of your home, uh, banished to frigid, burning, or wet outside like an animal. Now I'm bitching about smoking outside. Well, yes, I am. <laughs> Very few people will answer yes to the question, do you mind if I smoke? Fewer still will ask you not to smoke around them, so I'm asking it, uh, you to take it upon yourself to consider the people around you. If you don't see them smoking, chances are good they don't like the smell either. Now, I'd like to know from you, how do you feel about people smoking on the trail? Are you a smoker? If so, what do you think about smoking on the trail? Well, oh. here, and here's another topic, if I can interject. Sure, really quick. sure. What is happening to that cigarette butt when they're done? So they're eating it. They're, so, they're just swallowing again, it. Again, you know what? If you smoke and you're, you're responsible and you're going to put it in your Jeep and you're going to keep it not, no, what they're doing is flicking it out there. So I have a problem when it comes to forest. And then fires and dry. So, Tony, I'm with you. Oh, no, you. I just drop it out the side so it, it, it'll, it's it'll, the gravel. next person behind me will run it over. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's like this. I, <laughs> no, I, how it works. It's out. I went ahead and smashed it. No, you didn't. It still has embers. Butthead. Yeah. Knock it off. Anyway. Go oh, ahead, I remember that series of commercials, <laughs> Don't Be a Butthead, where they were showing yes. the, 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 the butt <laughs> for the cigarette. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to be picking on you guys. I know that life is hard, already been hard for you guys, because it, it's, it's an addiction. It's not like it's a choice. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was originally a choice, but now that you're addicted to it, every so often you gotta, you know, you gotta re rejuvenate that. Uh, I don't know if you can get uh, patches that you could wear when you're out on the trail, or maybe some other form of uh, of tobacco that would uh, take care of that. That wouldn't be a a displeasant smell. I mean, that's the that's the bottom line. And I'm not worried about getting sick from secondhand smoke. I just don't want to smell the shit. Uh, this this yeah. frankly, and and and. Uh, when I was out at Hidden Falls, for, uh, there wasn't a lot of people smoking, but somebody walks by the Gladiator uh, uh, smoking, and I got to roll up the windows. Now, I can't enjoy the outdoors because you're enjoying smoking. And, and frankly, I think some people just don't enjoy smoking. Now, uh, it's funny because I, I'm not a smoker. I've never been a smoker, but uh, cigars don't bother me as much. 
Uh, it, it's funny. It, it's almost like a cigar is like a highfalutin thing. I'm not saying go out and smoke all on the trails uh, cigars, but it's it's really weird. I think it's just the the general smell of cigarettes. I grew up with it with my dad in the house, and I just do not like it. Yeah, I I I smoked uh, years ago. It's been like 22, 23 years since I've had a drag of a cigarette now, uh, and I still I'm in traffic. I can smell when the yeah. person in front of me lights it's up. It's a beautiful it, spring day, and you have your windows <laughs> down, and you're sitting in traffic, and you got to uh, smell some ass wipe ruining that beautiful spring day. I mean, so that's I, it, frankly. I having, mean, having been a smoker myself at one point in time in my life, I understand. Um, and time and place and everything, sure. You know, I, I've. Uh, it, this is a this is a slippery slope it because is. you know there, there, there will be so. people that are are absolutely considerate and it'll be like oh sure how about to tell you what i'll i'll do trail gunner uh and tell you what the next two people in front of me they're smokers too we'll just take up the back of the pack and that yeah, exactly. way you know you know when we're smoking you guys don't have to smell it and we're not you know sending smoke Her. down the entire line of jeeps yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff you know i mean well, sure there, i'm sure there are people out there that would be that considerate but then they're also the other side of the coin and people that are going to start a fight because you are attacking their freedom or something right I no and, and 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 i understand they've been shoved like i said earlier they've been shoved out of everywhere and vilified because they're a smoker and i don't want to vilify anybody i just want to make them aware if they weren't already that people may not say anything to them uh and they may even answer no i don't mind if you smoke if you ask because they don't want to be that guy that you know is is so uh fancy and uh, uh, particular, you're not uh, inclusive if you don't let me smoke next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just want to take the time to use the voice of this uh, podcast to let you know that people don't like it, or maybe it's just me. That's one of the reasons why I was looping you guys into it to make sure it wasn't just me. But just me is enough for me. I, I don't like smelling I, it, and I don't think I should have to. You, you've got to really, really burn a lot of calories and go out of your way to rub me the wrong way. And, and, and so it's like, I've, I, I really take a lot in stride and, and I, I am a cigar smoker. I mean, it, you know, I'll go three or four months without having a cigar, but then I'll, I'll maybe have one or two in a, in a week or something like that. And uh, all that, but you know, at the same time, I'm not, you know, uh, well, my smoke in people's face uh, as it were, but, uh, but I do enjoy a cigar every so often, but I'm also very, courteous about when and where i'm going to light up well the brain masks the odor over a period of time so if you're a smoker that that smell gets masked yeah it's just it's like true and no offense josh it's just like people that have three cats uh, you know you go to somebody's house that has three cats and they go oh so you got cats huh <laughs> you don't i have you don't, well, you don't smell you that you don't and you don't smell that i mean because you live there uh, it may not be the case for you, Josh, but I mean, uh, it's happened to me before, and it and, sure. and that's the way oh, yeah. it is. Whenever you're out smoking on the trail, sure. it may not bother you, or damn it, I gotta have it right now because <laughs> I need it bad, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you doesn't you just gonna have to risk it anyway. So well, you're you're it, talking about one specific kind of, uh, of smoke, and and I'm I'm wondering if if you um how do you feel about the other kinds of smoke. Well, like I said earlier, the cigar smoke doesn't bother me as bad. Uh, it's just that, that cigarette smell, and especially the ones, I guess, that are menthol and uh, uh, the really uh, funny-smelling ones, but uh, just, I, I just don't like the smell, like uh, and I shouldn't, have to, I, shouldn't have to, uh, I shouldn't have to smell it, frankly. Well, uh, and I, I have a question for Josh. I don't know if they're doing that in Oregon, but here in Cal Southern California, they have actually banned smoking out in the forest. 
Oh, wow. Along with the fires, (laughs) along with everything else they're banning. But I was surprised to see that. So you're not even allowed to smoke out when you're on the trails or hiking or camping or overlanding. They don't even allow us to to go out there and do recreational shooting. Uh, And so you can't even really get out there to to hike and smoke anyways <laughs> you know yeah, i don't know so I, know. I i don't i haven't seen the specific verbiage about smoking outdoors as far as you know uh, during uh is i ipf levels uh international fire protection ifpl levels um uh and so out here yes ifpl levels you know one two and three and at level three pretty much everything is just shut the f down and <laughs> right. and you can't get out there so i mean you might be able to get out there with a horse or something uh, yeah. but uh, you know, even then that's pretty limited, I think. Oh, uh, and before you ask, and Josh already made a reference to this. Yes, this includes vaping as well. Why the hell do I want to smell pancakes with maple syrup on the trail? I, I mean, unless I'm camping and waking up to the smell of real food. Oh. Hey, I wonder if they make bacon smelling vape juice. That might be you, fun. You know, they do bacon. <laughs> they bacon. probably, there's somebody out there. I'm working on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I happen to notice something today. I, I go out randomly and check uh, the uh, Apple podcast for the Jeep Talk Show to see about reviews. And uh, they, they and I didn't tell you guys this in, in chat, uh, uh, Wendy and Josh, uh, but they the, Apple is like uh, not letting you see all your reviews anymore. They're kind of picking the ones that, uh, that they show you on the screen now. Why? What's the point of a review then if you can't see them all? I don't know. They were, they, you know, we've got like 500 reviews and they're showing me 17. Uh, if I want to do page down, page down, page down, I should be able to. Oh, but, I see. But they're doing whatever they want to do. So they're random uh, uh, dates and times that, uh, you know, maybe not uh, as close to this one. But I found this one <laughs> that, Which uh, is a that, very I, that I had to share with Josh. I did no, not. Yes. Hey, I did not put this in the show notes. I shared this with you personally. You made the decision to put it in the show I, notes. And, <laughs> because I, I seriously, and you, all you said, all you said was that with the, the image of what the review is says and who it's from and everything like that was WTF. WTF. <laughs> it's like, you know, what the F, you know, I and know, seriously, this is out of face, left so. field, completely out of left field. <laughs> Yes. So, you know, we, we get reviews uh, all the time. We've been doing the show for over 10 years. Uh, so we've got, we've got a lot of reviews out there. And we, we read all the reviews on the air. Um, uh, typically, we don't get to them right away. Uh, but regardless of whether a one-star <laughs> or a five-star review, we'll get them out yeah, on the show and, absolutely. and, 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 and read them. Uh, and that, that's been, you know, a, a part of the show since, since the beginning. Well, this is a five-star review, um, which, which isn't uncommon unto itself. But it came from an individual called Double D Dirty Randy, which that's a fantastic name. So, exactly. of course, you know, I'm curious to see what this individual has to say about the show. And they titled the review, Great Show. Okay, five stars, great show. Awesome. So what else do they have to say? Well, they go on to say, I feel like Josh smells bad. <laughs> what is that? Only joking. That? Love the show. <laughs> And, and so it's like, I'm like, wait a minute, what part of my voice makes somebody feel <laughs> like I smell bad? And it's, I, it's, well, I, now, was, I saw this, I had so many questions. I was like, okay, yeah. wait a minute. So where, uh, where, yeah. where, where, do I know you? <laughs> do, I'm, do, do, I'm thinking that this might be an important thing for Double D Dirty Randy, because he may like bad smelling people <laughs> with a name like that. <laughs> 
Perhaps, perhaps. I yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. Uh, there I'm was really uh, curious how he thinks that. Let's just make anyway. I don't see a problem with this. We got five stars. He says, "Great yeah. show." It and doesn't. Great show. No, I wasn't. Funny. I wasn't mentioned any bad light, so we're doing good. <laughs> no, hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know, I I just really curious. I I want elaboration. Damn it! I what what is it about my voice or what I say that would give somebody the impression, the feeling, not just the impression. This is a feeling that they have inside of their soul that makes them think that I smell bad. Well, I mean, so, if you're wearing one of those, what are those hats that they wear in Oregon to cover up the man buns? I mean, if you were if you were wearing that stuff and had dreadlocks, and I could see, I could see that. I don't wear patchouli, okay? I make patchouli? it from Oregon, but not I don't smell style. like a And that sounds like a good cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, Randy. Well, you've heard it. You That's right. Write in or call in and let us know exactly yeah. what it is well, that made you think I, Josh smells bad. I want him to call in. I want him to call in. Yeah, voicemail. he should call Absolutely. in. Absolutely, we need a voicemail. In. Let us know. Well, I have you know, sir, that I am a very clean and tidy individual. <laughs> You'd never yeah. tell by looking at my Jeep, but I assure you that it nor myself smell bad in any way, shape, or form. That's so, right. Should we go ahead and announce that the big, uh, the big uh, announcement for the 500th episode is uh, Smellovision? We're going to be adding smell <laughs> to oh, the dear. podcast. <laughs> well, that's okay. Get a load of this. And you'll be yeah. able to select which host you want to sniff. Oh, that's right. Joe Biden will be Whoops. watching this uh, the show after minute. this. <laughs> <laughs> you'll never guess what day of the week Tony has chili. No. <laughs> <laughs> did I tell you the now, time? Also, did I tell you about the time I, that somebody was asking in the in the very small uh, area we worked in uh, about uh, they were noticing something that smelled like a sewage leak? Did I mention that on the show before? No, no. I haven't heard it. I was trying to keep from sewage giggling. I didn't leak. want I didn't want to give it away. <laughs> not not like there's an odiferous something in the air that I am picking up on. Not not that. Oh you, no. No, there is a sewage leak sewage in this leak. room. <laughs> that's my personal best. I, I, I tell you, that's my personal best. Oh, man. How to make well, friends, for sure. Yeah, right. Uh, shifting gears here. I also uh, got to give a shout out and a big fat Jeep wave to uh, Don Swinner uh, for writing into the show. Big email that he wrote in addressed each and every one of the hosts had something to say to each and every one of us. And Don, well, I'd be happy to have a beer with you any day. Don, by the way, and he's going to hate me ta- saying this. Don, by the way, was supposed to come out and be the sixth Beatle. I mean, sorry, the sixth Jeep Talk Show listener at Hidden Falls, and he didn't make it. There was a uh, illness in the family. So, okay. I told him to get everybody uh, hyped up on antibiotics before the next one. I want to see him out. All there. right. Hey guys, Josh here. Uh, just got done listening to episode four ninety six, and I, I like how Jeep in response to the Bronco, just continues to offer more higher-priced trim packages. Hey, here's an idea, Jeep. How about you offer off-road goodies on the base models for a, a manufacturer like Jeep who claims to be the biggest, best thing in the off-road world? There's absolutely no excuse for Jeep to not offer lock, at least lockers on a base model Wrangler. Get your, head, get your heads at your fifth-point contact, you freaking potatoes. <laughs> you know, it would have been nice to, for lockers to be an option. <laughs> the lockers to be an option on my uh, my Sport S. I mean, it's the Rubicon axles already. So, yeah, well, that would have been nice. I, I believe that Jeep has offered uh, traction devices as options um, clear back into the nineties. I'm I'm fairly certain. Uh, I know that uh, even on my my XJ. 
that the rear axle had an option uh, for a limited slip rear differential. Um, yeah, now it did that's come standard locker. with that's with, not with a, a locker, you know, man. A package, but you know, I mean, nonetheless, limited slip is better than open. Uh, yeah, yeah. At one point, it is going to grab, and you will have both wheels turning. Um, and, and so, and I think that yeah, I think that <laughs> you could even have gotten that in the Dana Thirty as well. But uh, you know, again, these are factory options that you would have you know signed up for when you were building your vehicle at the dealer as it were yeah a uh, locker was not an option max toe though limited slip wasn't an option that it comes with the max toe and i'm sure that helps me off-road too but uh uh so yeah i do have a type of locker and then of course with the the independent braking on the the wheels it, it'll shift uh the the load to the tire that's uh, spinning so there's there's things there's traction devices on there that are uh, that come with the 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 options or come with the uh, the base model, and I think a Sport S is is pretty much a base model. It's a little higher than a base model, but uh, so but I agree with him. I, I would love to see the ability to um, you know uh, put those things on. I mean, why do you have to buy a Rubicon? Maybe you don't want uh, everything that's on the Rubicon. Maybe you just want the axles. I was tickled pink that I yeah, could right? get the the Rubicon axles on the Sport S. You know, so that was, I loved that. That was great. Of course, that was the whole reason. It was Josh's fault. He mentioned about a, uh, a, a towing. Uh, no, not, not me. The guy who just left the, uh, the, uh, the voicemail. Yeah, it's, it's his yeah. fault. No, no, it's your fault that I got the Sport S because of the Max Tow. Because you mentioned that there was a third-party uh, review on uh, how well the thing towed. And I went, I'm going to get one. I mean, I, yep. I, I need something to tow the XJ. I just need to finish up uh, getting uh, getting all that this stuff done. This is at least the third Jeep purchase because of this show. Oh, you're welcome. I think there's more than well, that too. Yeah. I think there's got to be right. Yeah, there is. I've well, it's I've read. It. I mean, there you know people have problems. They're they're slow to admit it. So. <laughs> Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for how many years now, and I figure I time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love. The Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes. You know, just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on. Because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you give back just a little bit? Hey, we spoke about it earlier. Uh, the uh, paid subscriptions are going to help us do more things uh, that uh, that may benefit you. You know, if you come out or giveaways that we haven't started doing yet uh but uh the the it may assist us in doing something very special for the next jeep talk show texas event i've been talking to josh about having him fly in to austin and then i pick him up and drive him out to marble falls for the next jeep I talk show to God, texas event chilly just to spite me on the way back <laughs> he would he's going this to relation my wife uh, has a big block of chili that she makes experience. that yeah, I, can, yeah. I can take, and uh, we can we can put that in the cabin. We cook it outside, and then I'll bring it back in for uh, in, in, in stealth oh, form. You better for stop. He's not going to come out. You do that. <laughs> I, I, I can bring my my, oh, uh, my Josh has smelled version. things much worse in his <laughs> yeah. lifetime. I know all men Without have. Question. <laughs> Without question. So become a paid subscriber because it helps us do things that I. I think is more interesting to you guys and uh it, it is it's fun for us to do things i mean i i loved going out and getting the the gladiator off road 
you know, I've been working on the uh, the XJ for years and wanted to do exactly this and couldn't. And it was an absolute blessing to be able to just drive out to Hidden Falls with no worries, uh, take it off road and, and quickly not be worried about getting back home because the Gladiator performed so well off road and then just driving it back. Uh, without having to worry about you know getting there or overheating or anything else like that, so uh, it, 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 you guys have made that possible. I guarantee you, I wouldn't have bought a Gladiator if it wasn't for you, the listener, uh, because oh, so it's their fault. No, yeah, it, it, it really is. It's a huge expense, but because of y'all support, and I don't mean being a paid subscriber, just listening to the show. There's a reason for me to continue doing things uh, in Jeeps and trying to get places to meet you guys because you take the time to listen to the show. So if you can, if you can afford it, take the time and become a, a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com. Uh, uh, you, know, you know it by now, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look and see about being a paid subscriber or just click on store at the top of the page. And uh, our, our, our latest subscriber was uh, John L., the guy that uh, one of the guys that was uh, came out to uh, uh, Hidden Falls. And oh, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually was I was talking to him and Travis uh, b- before the show in the Zoom meeting. And uh, uh, John L. Uh, came in at that uh, uh, sugar daddy level. And I told him that oh. now gives him the same rights of drinking while in the Zoom meeting. So he can, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he can drink along with uh, Travis now. <laughs> oh, boy. So thank you much, uh, very much uh, to all the people that have become paid subscribers at any level. We, we really appreciate it. And uh, we're talking about doing more things uh, that uh, are going to be uh, hopefully more interesting and perhaps more fun for you uh, if you come out and join us. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I'm very anxious to find out what the announcement is going to be on the 500th episode. I've got a few ideas of what it might be. So here's Nikki G's top three list of what the big announcement's going to be on the 500th episode. Number three. Wendy finally decides to take the top off her Jeep, and while driving down a highway, innocently, a cheeseburger wrapper flies out of her Jeep and lands right in front of a state trooper. Who immediately writes a citation for littering. And Wendy is then dubbed the poster child of a litter bug. And is sentenced to 64 hours of community service picking up trash alongside the highway. And the real kicker to the story, it was Bill's cheeseburger. (laughs) Tony discovering that his new Jeep Gladiator does not get the fuel economy that he thought it would. Trades it in on a nice fiery red Kia Soul. And he is banned from the Kia forums forever when he asks, how big of a tire can he fit on there without cutting the fenders? (laughs) Number one. And the big number one announcement, I believe, is going to be on the 500th episode. Or that Josh announces that it's been 345 days since his car has been stolen. No, wait. It's been zero days since Josh's car has been stolen. I know these jokes are bad, but it's not as bad as the time I made a belt out of clocks. Yeah, that was a real waste of time. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Now, what was missing? What was missing from that that roaring, uh, funny uh, voicemail from Nikki G? 
He he didn't say, but that's not why I'm calling. That's, he missed that. That's right. He jumped into it. He was so excited to get to that silly joke. Waste of time. Yes. Lovely. Good job, Nikki. That's Groner. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki G. I will try not to take my top off uh, going down would, the highway. <laughs> we, would, we would not know what to do if we didn't have exactly. a call for Nikki G. And in fact, no. I've been uh, interviewing some uh, people that can talk just like Nikki G and uh, giving them a, bad, uh, a joke of bad jokes, uh, a book of bad jokes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case something happens. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! So let's say your Jeep just threw a code. What does that even mean, some may ask? Well, this is the term used to describe what is happening in the Jeep's computer system when one of the many sensors that is all over the Jeep sees a fault. It could be something as simple as a loose gas cap or the engine getting a little bit too hot or something. Maybe it's something more serious that could mean serious repairs that could uh, be needed in the very near future. Either way, when that check engine light comes on, you need to know what it means as soon as possible. When that light comes on, there is a code or a series of codes that are stored in the Jeep's computer. These codes are a series of numbers that correspond to a specific item on a list. This list of OBD2 co uh, OBD codes uh, or onboard diagnostic codes can be found from many sources online, but you need to know what that four-digit number is before you start digging. Ordinarily, this information would be only accessible by a technician with the right diagnostic equipment, such as a diagnostic scan tool or a code reader. Now, since you're not a fancy Jeep technician with such tools, you can get the same information using nothing more than your key. Now, to do this, you're going to insert your key into the ignition, and without starting the Jeep, you're going to turn the key from off to on three times. At that point, your ignition will be in the on position and your odometer will start displaying what the OBD2 code is that is causing your check engine light to illuminate. Write down what that code is and turn to your search engine to find out what it means. There could be more than one, so pay attention. When it's done displaying the codes, it will actually say done on the display and return to the normal display status of your odometer. Of course, while you're in there, you can do a full instrument cluster self-diagnostic test, too. This will start a series of self-tests of every single bulb and micro-motor that comprises the instrument cluster. It's actually a pretty cool thing to watch, as the microprocessor energizes everything one by one and even does a three-stage needle sweep cycle on all the gauges. It's also super easy to perform. With the key off, simply hold down the trip meter reset button and keep it depressed as you turn the ignition on. Hold it for a second or two and then release. The cluster should then start a self-diagnostic procedure. All that's left is to sit back and watch the show. So why would you do either of these procedures? Well, first off, if you have a check engine light on and you don't know why it's on and you don't have a code reader and you're not really all too thrilled about driving into town to the local shop that will read it for free, well, your only option then is going to be to pull that code yourself to see what it is that you need to repair. Secondly, if you have a stuck gauge, maybe your gas gauge is perpetually reading your tank is one quarter full even though you just filled it up, well, to determine whether or not it's the sending unit or it's the gauge itself, you can do this self-check and see if the needle sweeps in that portion of the test. There are, of course, many other reasons to, uh, to do either one of these procedures, so hopefully if you have one, this will help. Now, there is a note that I've got to bring up for you. Uh, this is not going to be a test that is likely going to be working on your brand new Gladiator. Uh, likely not on a JKU either. This specific test, I do know for certain, will work on J, uh, uh, I'm sorry, TJs as well as XJs. Uh, so uh, that generation of Jeeps for sure it will work. 
Um, I have yet to check this uh, procedure on a JK or JKU to see if it will work on that generation of Jeep as well. And, so if, I have a and if you have recently watched a Michael Keaton movie, do not oh. say Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice while turning the key <laughs> on and off. So you'll just be glad you didn't do that. You're welcome. <laughs> Shave that one for later. <laughs> oh, that's bad. So, Josh, if you, let's yeah. say we wanted to, to check our JKU to see if this would work. Is it going to do anything to the Jeep if it doesn't? Just turn it off, no, turn it on, no, turn it off, turn it off. Not. Nothing you're, happens. You're, okay. Yeah. If only the only thing that's likely going to happen is you're going to turn your Jeep on and off three times. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, no, well, yeah, I mean, I'm just asking not, because I could see people out there going, "Well, I'm going to try it," but yeah. then you know, poof. There has been reports yeah, also, of you put uh, your Jeep into French mode or something. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? <laughs> it, it's no. It's not going to happen. Nothing bad is going to. You're not going to suddenly put your Jeep into a mode that you can't get it out of, or suddenly yeah. program something in a way that is going to uh, negatively affect the performance of your Jeep, or or suddenly not display something that it ordinarily would. Uh, nothing like that is going to happen. So, and and if if something does happen. Uh, and this procedure works, and, and suddenly you're in Star Trek mode on your Jeep for, for whatever reason. I, I don't know if that even exists. Uh, you know, it it, it's going to be a temporary thing, and as soon as you turn your ignition off for a few seconds and turn it back on, your Jeep's going to be in, in, in normal operation mode. So, Wendy, it's a good question. There are unconfirmed reports, so it's just hearsay, that doing this on a JK, certain JKs, will pop the clip off of the uh, transmission line uh, and go someplace <laughs> where you can't find That's them. That's it. You got it. And you'll be puking transmission fluid all over the dang place. And if you yeah. haven't been listening to the uh, prior episodes, this is why you need to because you will not I, get that I reference. Listen to the whole show, oh, folks. God, I can't wait to tell Bill what you do. You screwed it up, didn't you? Because you had to go try this. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, stupid clips. <laughs> Well, if you have anything to add, we would sure love to hear uh, whatever sort of response you have to Tech Talk. Or if you have a question for Tech Talk, a subject you would like for us to cover, we'll just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Boy, I've said that link, I don't know, a million times, and I have enough yeah. problems today. We are not Jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And send us a message. Let us know what you would like us to talk about. I think if we had all day to rest or maybe just do promos and you know collect information for the show <laughs> oh. and, and practice you know, the, what we were saying, we could be sure. professionals. You know? we, yes, we well, could, I do, but I we do don't. practice. The, the stuff that you know, I, I'll, I'll practice like the news segment or yeah. you know my tech locker or something like that. But I don't practice the things that I've said literally a million times. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. should I be having a hard time saying this? I don't know. I think this is an appropriate time for this promo. Hey, Josh. This is Matt over here at the House of Gong. Want to let you know that your 12 inch is back ordered, but that you know your way around Gong, <laughs> I will go ahead and up your order to a 15 inch. And get it right out to you with no extra cost. I know you're going to love it. Yes! Counter-coated black <laughs> for free. Once you see the way this deluxe model swings, once you smack it, oh, that's you'll a, never that's go a, back. That's not right. I know being a famous guy, you can get any kind of gong you want. I'm proud that you chose ours. So, thanks a lot. Be seeing you. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the gong know, show. But, yeah, you yeah. Know what? It, it, every time you play that, it does remind me of one of my one of my favoriteest, uh, most favorite uh, times during the show, which was the uh, Josh's subconscious, <laughs> and and yeah. uh, Josh's subconscious would would uh, somehow uh, leave a message with the show that would get played every so often, and I don't think that I have laughed 
any harder <laughs> than I have with, with a couple of those meds. Now, th- th- this is years ago, years and years ago. It's been ages since I have heard uh, uh, of Josh's uh, subconscious uh, back on the show, but there has been some absolute winners. Oh, uh, and if you want to hear me lose bladder control on the show because of hilarity, uh, yeah, go find some of the older episodes and, and look out for uh, Josh's subconscious, and, and it, it's a good time. Yeah, those were really funny. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, we're talking to Mac. Uh, Mac, you were actually the reason why uh, the Jeep Talk Show uh, chose July 10th to head out to Hidden Falls and do our Jeep Talk Show Texas event. I uh, want to thank you very much for, uh, for you know, hearing us on the show and, and uh, hearing we were looking at going out there and letting us know that uh, MB Trail Team 6 was going to be out there on July uh, the 10th, and we uh, should show up there at the same time and, and tag along. You were very welcome. I think I offered to actually Will with Will with Wendy and and God, what's the other gentleman's oh, name? Oh yeah, you know, Josh. Could. That's right. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to Wheel with but Josh I, or, or Wendy, but uh, we'll take Tony if, if that's the way it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope I didn't disappoint. No, we had we had we had a fun, we had fun. I mean, it's it's always fun when we get to get out there, especially get to meet people and and try to get everyone to know what what our trail team is who they are and, and what they represent so it's 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 a, it's a blast yeah now uh real quick what uh what what model jeep do you have what year uh etc well i have three of them i have a 97 tj red which i know you know you'd, you'd <laughs> that, love that that's the right one then uh my my daily driver is a 14 jku and then we also have a 21 jt Oh, okay. So, uh, which one were you out in, uh, out in Hidden Falls in? I was in the 14 JKU. So, uh, well, thank you again for getting us hooked up with MB Trail Team 6, and hopefully it won't be the last time we're out there with you guys. No, it, it definitely won't be. We, we, had a, we had a blast. It was a, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, getting out there, and, and plus, I think some of the, we had some of the military Jeepers out there, and then you brought, a, you brought some Jeepers with you. So, it was it was. Oh, it's a, nice it was a good turnout. crowd. When yeah. we first started talking about it, I didn't think I didn't know how many we'd have. And I think what what we end up with fifteen I, jeeps. I think yeah, like that's that. what I was, uh, and I think everybody was with us after we got done right before you guys left for that birthday party. Uh, I, I did a, a video of all the jeeps, and I think I counted twelve. Uh, so I don't know if everybody was there or not, but I think it was between twelve and fifteen jeeps. I, th- I think we had a pretty good turnout, especially for a one on one for what it was, and and you know on the trail, everybody been great. Yeah, it really was. It was, it was, you know, the best thing was is that it was just follow the leader. I didn't have to know uh, anything about the trails or which ones that were, uh, you know, okay for my near stock uh, uh, gladiator. And it was just go and go and you follow the, like I said, follow the leader. It was a blast. It was also really good because I got behind another gladiator so I could uh, see exactly what was happening to him. Easy for you to follow his lines, except you need some new tires, sir. Oh, no, I know that. Uh, the next ones are supposed to be on the way. Going to put some 35s on there. So uh, next time will be a, a, will be more fun, I hope. I mean, this time was really was really fun because of the tires that I had on it. It was real interesting to see what the Gladiator would do with those uh, stock AT tires, and I thought it performed very well. Well, we had fun because in front of me, I don't know if you saw that white Sahara. There was a, a white TJ Sahara in front of me, and that was they just bought that. It was bone stock, and so he was wow. that was their first time out wheeling. 
Wow. And then I had a bone stock JK, J, JK behind me also. So it was it was fun. Yeah, that worked out really well. Well, that, that 101 uh, was exactly what they needed then. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Hey, Mike, I want to thank you for showing up at Jeep Talk Show Hidden Falls event here on July 10th. And uh, now something I was uh, confused about, you uh, did not know how to listen to the show. Did you know anything about the Jeep Talk Show prior to coming out? I was not familiar with it. Uh, John and, and the team there showed introduced me to the fact that there was a talk show, and I, I'm <laughs> anxious to kind of learn more about it and, and join and listen. Good. So that's what that's kind of the way I felt was that you weren't aware of it at all. So you came out to the uh, uh, Jeep Talk Show Texas uh, event uh, simply because uh, John invited you to come. Correct. And I'm always anxious to hit some trails out of Hidden Falls. Great place. Well, I think that answers my second question, which was uh, the uh, if it was your first time to Hidden Falls. It it was not, correct? No, I've been to Hidden Falls uh, quite a few times. Now, there may be several months in between, but I get out there as much as I can. How long of a drive is it for you? Uh, Hidden Falls is only about 45 minutes from my house. Oh, God bless you. I would love to have that thing 45 minutes from me. So, uh, it, oh yes. Now, tell people about the Jeep that you were driving. Oh, uh, my old girl. She's in 1998 TJ, sitting uh, three inch lift. And actually, this this weekend, I tried out a new tire setup. I downgraded from 33s to 31s, mainly because I needed some new tread, and I had an opportunity to get some at a good price. And the 31s performed great. They were the Wrangler uh, Kevlar's, and man, they stick and climb. Yeah, that, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they were 31s. Those, those look bigger than 31s to me, but uh, they certainly did do a good job for you. You were zigging and zagging all over the trail uh, trying them out, too. I, I saw while driving behind you. That's right. I had to hit every rock I could find. <laughs> <laughs> so how was the event? What did you think about the event, uh, us being part of uh, another group and uh, getting getting out there with uh, with John and some of the other Jeep Talk Show listeners? You know, I was disappointed that I showed up about an hour late, so I think I missed some of y'all more some of y'all's more complex trails. It's where you get to see all the guys do the the obstacles. Uh, where I joined up as we hit that creek, and uh, I don't know, it it was still a good ride. I just feel like I missed some of the better trails. So hopefully next time when we all get together, we can I can get there on time and uh, join you for the more complex obstacles. Well, Mike, do you have a good excuse for being late? I mean, you're only 45 minutes from the from the park, so I don't know why you were late. <laughs> no, I don't have a good excuse other than it my wife. It was Saturday. <laughs> oh, the wife. I like that excuse. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was great. What does she think about being out there? I mean, I'm sure she's been out there before. She's been out there before. She loves it. Uh, about halfway through the day, she starts telling me how hot it is because we're, we're riding out there with no doors and no AC going, so... Her and my daughter tend to start making noise about halfway through the run on the dust and the heat. So, fortunately, I keep with hydrated and yeah. life is good. Fortunately, with the rain that uh, happened earlier uh, that morning, the dust was uh, knocked down until the afternoon. Right, the dust was minimal. It's it's been much worse, but looking at my Jeep today, it's 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 going to need some cleaning. <laughs> and of course, one of the uh, topics of conversation we had was the color. Uh, and uh, I, th- oh, I think yeah. your wife set us straight on what the actual color of your Jeep is, because it's a very unusual color. It's a very unique color. It's a limited production in the Jeep world. Uh, lapis blue. Some people call it Smurf blue. Some people call it purple. 
I'd call it old blue. Yeah, I think periwinkle was uh, was thrown into the mix there as well. So now we know exactly oh, what color it is. Oh, that was just is. our wedding color. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why she put that in there. I got you. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, what do you think about coming uh, to the next uh, Jeep Talk Show Texas uh, event at Hidden Falls? I will be there, and I will be early. <laughs> Aired down and ready to roll. Bring a note if you're late. <laughs> have that's your, right. Have your wife sign it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're speaking with John L., one of the other folks that was at the Jeep Talk Show Texas event back on uh, July 10th. So uh, I, I, will, I do want you to know uh, that the next time you come out there and you're late, you're going to need to bring a note. <laughs> I wasn't as late as Mike, right? I was only an hour late. But the rain uh, opened up the garage door to go meet you. It was pouring down rain. I- I didn't have a roof on, so. Oh, gee. All right. Well, you, you got me there. Yeah, I gave Mike a hard time, too. I told him he was going to have to have a note. And he blamed his wife is uh, what the reason why he wasn't there on time. <laughs> now, now you and – I'm telling I'm telling this about Mike because you and Mike are, are friends. You work together. And uh, Mike was actually out there because you had invited him to come out. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Mike and I have worked together for – over a decade, so he's uh, he's good people. And uh, but really, do really appreciate you coming out. Uh, so I think that uh, if we have another one of these events, I guess I should ask that first. Uh, first off, if we have another one of these events, are, are you going to uh, come out and be on time this time? <laughs> Absolutely, unless there's something that. Uh, oh, you know, gee, that, there's that, always a qualification. <laughs> you know, if work tells me I got to be somewhere, or my you know to use Mike's excuse, if my wife tells me I got to be somewhere, you know, I gotta, <laughs> I got obligations there but uh, other than that yeah I'm, i mean I, I get out to hidden falls i try to at least once a once a month or so like oh, that's that. i'd love to get other places in texas too right to get up to barnwell and, yeah uh, wolf caves and a few other places so how far how far away is it from uh how far away do you live from uh, from hidden falls uh 30 35 minutes depending on uh if i hit the two lights of liberty hill <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's really my only hold up or if there's a long line at the breakfast taco place yeah, um, you yeah. know that might blow me up a little bit. Well, you and Mike are actually very close. Now, when you said that the, you know Hidden Falls really well, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is perfect. We have a leader, a trail leader now that we can uh, depend upon if he can just does this get there on time. If it's not raining or some other uh, lame excuse, uh, and and then we have somebody that can take us through there because I don't know the trails uh, yet. I've only been there a few times, and this last time I just had fun driving the the uh, the Gladiator off road. I didn't pay attention to where we were going. I was just following the Jeep in front of me. Well, that uh, NB trail team. Team six, I think that was with us. Man, that, that's a professional group right there. Man, they, that was that was incredible with the uh, the coordination and the radio chatter and, and every, keeping everybody organized and, and their their insights on some. Because I, to tell you the truth, I've been out there so many times, but you know that's also my daily driver. So I was always hesitant to take it down some of the harder trails, like the no name trail we did. Right. Um, you know that that was a level five that I had not attempted before. Um, but I was like, all right, well if. Uh, Andrew in front of me and that uh that LJ was going through there then you know I could surely follow him um so I got right in behind him and went down that trail so it was it was great going out with uh with a bunch of folks because I go up there one or two people and you know you, you don't really push yourself a whole lot because there's not really a good support cast but this this trip was great because there were so many folks there and and you know obviously um the whole Jeep talk show crew that was there that was I mean, it was pretty cool getting to see everybody on the Normally, only see on the Zoom calls. Yeah, that was really neat, uh, and I'm I'm glad so many people uh, showed up. I think we had a a total of uh, five uh, five people that were associated with the Jeep Talk Show in some way. 
uh, including including the one member from uh, uh, NB Trail Team Six, and the NB folks stands for New Bronzevilles. Uh, so anyway, I, we can we can depend on you for coming back out. Uh, I think you said you had a great time. If not, we're going to go with that. And uh, uh, will you be? Uh, you, there's no problem with going again in a, a month or two months. Then? Oh, absolutely not. You know, I mean, I think late August I'm probably going to put the roof back on. Um, air conditioning is no joke. Late August, not- I had the windows up in the Gladiator, so I was fine. Uh, it wasn't an issue. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have doors on. I had. I, I took my. Pizza, I, I got all the mud off of with the pressure wash and everything and, and, and kind of clean the outside, but I've got a shampoo the carpet. There's so much mud inside of that from that hog alley trail that we went to a little fast. Yeah. It was nice seeing uh, water on the waterfall too. That was, uh, that, that whole area is just, just gorgeous. It was, uh, it was really nice. I didn't find uh, anything on the, any of those trails that I did that I was, uh, that I was concerned for the Jeep uh, with. And I was, I was surprised whenever they said we were going to be doing, uh, level fours and fives. I thought to myself. I mean, I told uh, Rebecca from NB Trail Team Six. It's new. It's it's basically stock. It's got a little lift on it, but I don't want to do anything to to damage my Jeep. She goes, No, nah, you'll be fine. They they have these things, the uh, uh, level four and five, and and there's only like two trails. I think she said that were really uh, something that you need to be worried about, and they they weren't going to be doing those. So it's it's neat to know that I can take the uh, the Gladiator uh, pr- primarily stock. Anywhere in that park. But the biggest issue at Hidden Falls I've always found are the tighter trails, right? So, like, we didn't do Bronco Buster, and it's only a level four, but and it's not hard to drive through, but there's some trees that like to reach out. I've, I've left a few scrapes in my hardtop in the past on a couple of those. So, but, yeah, the trails are really tight there in some places. That's, the, that's one of the biggest issues that, mm-hmm. that you have to go through. Right. John, I really appreciate you going out. I love seeing you there in the, the Zoom room, being a Zoom people, if you will. And uh, hopefully you'll be uh, joining us again uh, in uh, upcoming uh, episodes that we're recording in our Zoom room and uh, making uh, wise uh, wisecracks uh, in there. And then, of course, in the Campfire Side Chat. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's my cigar time, right? Well, John, thanks again for coming out there and visiting with us. And hopefully we'll see you out there again really soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. All right, Jimmy. Now, uh, I, I want to tell you, I really appreciate you coming out to the uh, uh, Jeep Talk Show Texas event at Hidden Falls on July 10th. And uh, just like to get some feedback from you. What did you uh, What did you think about the event? It was great to get out. Um, I've been out there before and, and uh, I've enjoyed it. It was nice not having to leave this time. Last time I kind of got shoved into it on my first trip there. So, Oh, um, that's kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it tends to happen a lot because my Jeep's well built. So everyone's like, well, you got the best Jeep. As long as you can get up at the rest, you, of the, you know. Can, you, you can go the first. <laughs> yeah, that kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, I got the feeling you had been out there more than once uh, before then because you seem to know your way around. I'm completely lost out there, and I've been out there three times now. I've spent a lot of time wandering in the woods as a kid, so. <laughs> so, uh, did, did you have a good time? Is this something that you would be interested in uh, coming out and, and joining us uh, in future runs at Hidden Falls? Absolutely. You're not just going to do Hidden Falls, though. We got all kinds of great places. To go. Oh no, 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 no! But I think the the good idea is to uh, go to the uh, the same place a few times, and then uh, as we get a group, we can uh, switch over to uh, maybe Wolf Caves or some of the other places that you guys had uh, had mentioned that are available. Yeah, you guys actually mentioned uh, several places in Texas that I didn't even know existed. Yeah, my favorite is definitely um, K two is probably my favorite in Texas so far. Um, and then there's great, great stuff right over the border into Arkansas and Oklahoma. So, is K2 something that uh, that a modest, modestly built or no built Jeep could do? 
Yes, yeah. That's so K two or Katemsi rocks is right up against um I think the property actually backs up against Wolf Cave's property. And Wolf Cave, um, I have yet to be to because I don't have a more extreme group to go with. Um, but my understanding is you go there with people that you can trust to help get you out of some pretty sticky situations because it's easy to get yourself tied up. Sure. Um, but Katemsi Rocks is a lot more open. It's a it's a working ranch, so they've got only got a, a limited season and certain weekends they do it. Um, but I really enjoy it there because the rocks are super sticky, and uh, it's really it's really pretty over there. How did uh, how did your jeep perform uh, when we went out to Hidden Falls? Um, it it went like I expected it to do. Um, I wish I could have found a little more extreme stuff to do personally, but you know that's part of having my jeep and still finding my group to go do that part of it with. Was it was it disappointing for you to to go out there and not do more extreme things? No, um, even if you're trail riding and and just like taking ones all day long it's still nice to get out oh i um, love getting out on the trails it's just so nice it's so different than being on the road right e- even on like a moderate um trail i can take the hard line or take a new line that people don't normally do to make it a little bit more difficult mm-hmm. um and then if i can't get up it then you just take that easy line so so tell people what uh, what jeep you have and uh, what kind of what kind of modifications i think the tire size will be the most impressive thing to people well, actually, the most impressive thing on my Jeep is usually the axles. Um, I have uh, Dynatrack Pro Rock uh, XD60s um, with an e-locker. Uh, I'm running uh, Toyo Open Country 40s. Uh, I've got uh, Evo High Clearance Long Arm Pro uh, suspension with uh, 12-inch King coilovers. Um, and then, you know... My drive train is all all stock. Uh, I didn't. I went with a local shop for my my uh, my drive shafts. I didn't do like J Real or or Adams, um, but I have no problems with them. It's just they talked to me about if I whack it up on a rock, I'd you know be easier to get a rebalanced local on a local shop. That's true. How how have they held up? I have yet to have a single issue. The only problem I've had so far is I had to have the um, rear uh, springs retune, retuned twice now. Um, first time I made a mistake and I messed them up and they had to replace the oil because I didn't release the lot rock, the lock ring. Um, and I let some of the, the gas out, so I had to recharge it. And the second time was just to, um, adjust for the weight that I carry because of the amount of tools and stuff I keep in the X right, JK. Right. Now, what year, uh, make and model Jeep do you have? Uh, I have a 2015, uh, Jeep JKU, um, Sport. And I'm not taking the sports sticker off because I like going past. <laughs> it's, it, if it wasn't for the the 40 inch tires, you would uh, it would you could be considered a sleeper. And if nobody noticed the axles, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! Well, it sounds yeah. like you had a good time. Sounds like you're willing to come back out. And uh, is there anything that could have made it better other than a more complex wheeling? Um, no, um, they were great. They they um, the NB, group that was NB it, Trail uh, Team Six, yeah. They they really did a great job um, keeping them updated and on the on the radio. They used GMRS instead of CB, so I wasn't yelling at my CB because I couldn't understand anyone. <laughs> What'd you say? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the the GMRS was great. I haven't even mentioned that uh, to, to anybody, but I really enjoyed the GMRS radios. It was uh, it was nice and quiet. You could hear exactly what people were saying, 
and uh, it wasn't a another level of irritation, uh, you know, from the bumps and the drags that you were going through. Oh, I did want to ask real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much of uh, uh, the Gladiator, uh, both the the Rubicon Gladiator that was out there and the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. What did you think about the uh, the Gladiators uh, going those trails? Did it, did they do what you expected, or uh, is it, is it something that was like uh, so so minor that it wasn't uh, uh, impressive uh, to see a Gladiator doing it? Well, I've seen, um, I've been on the trail a bunch of times with gladiators before, and, right. and every time I see them, they do great. Um, they just, uh, they just tend to smack their rear end a lot when they come off a ledge. Yeah. But I, I thought, you know, I'm, you know, you guys kind of made the, the, when we were up on top and I took that really extreme ex- uh, line and my rear end slammed down real hard after I came off a ledge and everyone said, Ooh, I mean, I've done that and I can only, you know, it's just what's expected. That's why we all put armor on the rear end of the Jeep. Yeah, I'm certainly going to have to do that to the uh, to the Gladiator because I know that the Gladiator is uh, is just too long for things like that, and any protection you can get is uh, is is very uh, very much recommended. Yeah, and even you know if you think about it, your exit angle angle is there's no way to fix that unless you want to bop the bed. And right. I don't think that's really in the future. No, no, got to be able to uh, carry those groceries home, you know, and fill up that whole five foot long bed. <laughs> Well, you could shorten it to three foot. That's plenty of space for groceries, unless you shop a little bit differently than the rest of us. Well, maybe in uh, 20 years, whenever uh, it's all paid for and uh, <laughs> it's as old as the XJ. <laughs> you never can right. tell. I think they'll have a uh, a, a, two, uh, a two-door a two Gladiator before then, though. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I still think that they don't have, think they've got the market share to do that, and I think that's why we don't see a two-day two-door TJ, uh, JT. Well, mark my words. I think it'll come, and uh, I think it'll have a short bed on it. It'll be uh, it'll be a lot like the uh, the old TJs that uh, I forget what they what they called it, but the after the aftermarket would uh, the brute the brute. That's it. I love the brute. Yeah, the um, brute was so cool looking. I'd, I'd rather they make it more like the Scrambler. Yeah, the CJ8. To me, I, I love the CJ. To me, the, the Scrambler is about the ugliest Jeep ever made. Doesn't mean anything because Jeeps are generally ugly anyway. It's uh, it's like Mexican food. It's an acquired taste, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're speaking to Andrew P tonight, who is uh, one of the ones that went to the Jeep Talk Show Texas event. And uh, Andrew, thank you very much for showing up out there. How was it? And uh, uh, the, will you go again? Oh, it was a fantastic time, and I'll definitely go again. Hopefully, we'll do another event here in the near future. But, I mean, the trails were awesome. We had an excellent trail guide from, uh, I think it was NB Trail Team 6. They right. did an awesome job leading us around, giving some tips and tricks, and highly recommend to anyone. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Tell people what uh, what Jeep you have, uh, at least the one that you uh, you drove on the trail. So, I have a 06 LJ. It is gold in color. Uh, not red, unfortunately, but it wants to be red. <laughs> and it's got a two-inch lift, 31s, and a limited slip in the rear. And it's it's made it pretty well, surprisingly, for how built most everyone else was. But it was a really fun time still. And, and what did you bend while you were out there? So when I, we came up one of the ledges, I think it was on No Name or Green Mile 2, uh, Greenhorn 2, sorry, it was... I bent my uh, gas tank skid plate, and uh, nothing a 32-inch pry part couldn't fix in about <laughs> half a minute. But you did some damage is the point. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, well, thank God for skid plates. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly what they're for is to uh, uh, to bend and protect the, uh, the, 
the soft underbelly, especially that gas tank. That would have been a, a horrible drive back to the trailer. And, of course, you towed your rig out, right? Yes, sir. I towed it all the way from uh, Midland, Texas, because uh, as much fun as I love driving my Jeep, my F-150 is a little bit more comfortable oh, I for bet. that long of a drive. Yeah, and uh, and also, too, it's nice from the standpoint if you get two rambunctious out there, all you got to do is get it back on the trailer, and then you know you're not going to have to worry about getting back home, which is which is very nice. Oh, so, absolutely. So are you going to be ready to go in another month or uh, maybe two? Oh, absolutely. Just let me know when, and I'll be there, and hopefully we can get some more people to come out with us. Yeah, it would be nice to see uh, to meet more uh, Jeep Talk Show listeners. And and you're officially a Zoom person, aren't you? Yes, sir. I've, I've been in a few of them, but with my work schedule, it's kind of difficult to join all the time. Oh, we, we appreciate you being there when you can. But uh, that's great, and thanks again for coming out. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, thanks again to Mac, Mike, John, Jimmy, and Andrew for taking the time to talk about the Jeep Talk Show Texas event and, well, for showing up to the event, for that matter. <laughs> you know, uh, we fear that Tony would have quit the show if, if nobody had showed up. And I, mean, I personally can handle rejection a lot better than this guy, so uh, that, that really was a, a strong concern. Also, big thanks to Rebecca and Mac as well for letting the Jeep Talk Show group tag along with NB Trail Team 6 and, you know, all that. So, you know, really good time out there. Tony had a good time. He's been waxing poetic about this event for, I mean, yes. pretty much ever since he got back. So you guys yep. definitely left, uh, left an impression with him. Uh, hats off and a big Jeep wave to all of you. Of course, if you have an idea for a guest or maybe if you work in the off-road industry or just know somebody who does, uh, maybe you yourself would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. We'd love to hear about what you have to say. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. It could be you. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Tony, Josh, and Wendy, remember the movie Cannonball Run? Well, here in Colorado, they have something similar. It's called the Gambler 500. The Gambler 500 is a mostly off-road rally-style navigational adventure using cheap, impractical, or fun vehicles. It is a two-day event with a party at the midpoint and another at the end of day two. This event is created for people that are out for an amazing adventure that a normal person may never experience. The other aspect of this event is they use the opportunity to leave the area in a better shape than they found it by picking up trash along the way. This is a very important tenant of the Gambler 500 spirit. The general spirit of the Gambler is to take a beater or an impractical vehicle and punish it over 500 miles of back roads, off-road and on-road, and through situations that a person with a fully functional brain would not normally attempt. <laughs> there you go, right there. That would be Neil to a T. So we registered a vehicle for this event, our 1970s DJ5, the Jeep DJ. Dispatcher Jeep, Postal Jeep, or Mail Jeep. It was originally built by Kaiser Motors in the 60s as a variant of the CJ Series Jeep. The automotive branch of the business was sold to American Motors in 1970. The DJ Series Jeeps were produced under AM General of Kaiser Jeep Corporation since 1971 that handled military and government automotive programs. When AMC joined with Renault in 1980, a French company, the U.S. government found it unacceptable to buy federal vehicles from a foreign company, so it forced AMC to spin off AM General as a separate company. The DJ 5 Series Jeeps were made from 65 through 1983, or 1984 depending on your source. They were traditionally right-hand drive for postal carriers. 
Many use the long-running AMC straight-six engine, the 3.8 and 4.0, though earlier models used the contemporary Kaiser drivetrains and the post-1979 used various GM and Chrysler four-cylinders, and even a horrible Audi 4 in 79. It had the tendency to overheat and blow. They were also two-wheel drive with a straight tube axle in the front, kind of like the Dana axle with the pumpkin removed. Some even use kingpin front joints. To correct the common misconception, the DJ5 is not just a CJ with a hard top and two-wheel drive. The DJ5 does share many common parts with the contemporary CJ series, but it is unique enough not to be considered a modified CJ. Today, a small percentage of these DJ5s are still in service, and many are still being used as postal delivery vehicles, especially out here on the West Coast, and I've seen a lot of them. But the DJ is not considered highly desirable for many reasons. They are like metal cans with no creature comforts. They are top-heavy with the metal roof and doors. And a few folks have restored them for nostalgia's sake. A few have hot-rodded them, and we will be modding ours for the race. I think Neil wants to hot-rod it. You can get as imaginative as you want. One year, a group of folks put a hot dog cooker on the end of their vehicle. I have been put in charge of the accessories, and Neil is in charge of the mechanical parts. We are identifying this male Jeep, M-A-I-L, as a male Jeep, M-A-L-E. So I need to make this Jeep as manly as I can. The drivers will be sporting Daisy Duke cutoffs with lumberjack red and black plaid shirts, unbuttoned, of course, with the sleeves cut out. And I'm still working on the accessories for the Jeep, so any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. The race is August 13th to the 15th here in the San Luis Valley of southeastern Colorado in a teeny tiny town here on the high desert. Racers will be primitive camping, and you too can register for this cool race at coloradogambler500.com. coloradogambler500.com. Tony, I'm sure you will have a ton of inappropriate ideas. Nikki G has already chimed in. He said put a ton of beer cans all over it and a sign that says, we don't need any stinking directions. (laughs) It should be a fun time. I can't wait. Next week on Jeep Life, does that campfire smoke follow you around the campfire? I'm going to share some tips to make it stop. Wow, that sounds like a fun race, actually. I I, I like Cannonball Run. I can only imagine what this would be like. I've got to go ahead and, and claim some fame here because the uh, Gambler mm-hmm. 500 actually started in Oregon. No, uh, and that's really? What, I did not know you started that. That's OG, interesting. OG 500. Uh, I believe oh, God. 2014 might have been the first year. I, I can't remember exactly. Uh, but yeah, there it happens every single year. Uh, the rule is that you cannot buy the vehicle for more than $500. Uh, and that's that's kind of the the underlying theme to this whole thing is because generally... The kind of vehicle that you can only get for five hundred dollars is a giant piece of you know what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and so you you do whatever you can to get it back up to to you know race status, if you will, and of course make it your own uh, and make it individual, uh, and then try and take this five hundred dollar piece of junk to through five hundred miles of off road racing. Uh, and it is it is hilarious, hilarious, and they have all kinds of different classes as well. They've got like a lawnmower class. They've got uh, a scooter <laughs> oh class. Oh my god! That would be the Hondas. No, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Um, and, and so there's, I mean, this is borderline getting to the point of Burning Man. It's gotten so okay. huge now. Of course, um, it's gotten to the point of where uh, lots of other states are starting to uh, adopt their own Gambler 500. 
Uh, but it did originate and start here in the state of Oregon. You so, know this? and she, well, she, she mentioned 500 miles. Is that true? And in, in two days to do 500 miles. So they must not yes. be doing real trail crawling. They're just driving. No, it's, like a, it's certainly not. Yeah. Like, okay. you know, what you'd find at King of the Hammers. It is okay. nothing, <laughs> like, nothing like when I say off-road racing and you think of, that you know, could be uh, fun. it's like, you know, <laughs> sure. Taking a lawnmower yeah. through double black diamond. That's, that's going to exactly. get real interesting real quick. <laughs> it could be different. Especially downhill. <laughs> So yeah. no, uh, it's it's not like a lot of it is is open desert or you okay. know uh, sand you know stuff like that. Um, there Got there it. is some off roading, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, where you know lesser vehicles that don't have ground clearance, don't have traction, don't even have you know off road tires are probably going to struggle, especially if it uh, if it has rained. Now, typically, okay. the event here in in Oregon happens, I think, in June. Um, which is roll of dice, either 50-50, it's going to be wet or it's going to be dry. Um, and so there has been some muddy Gambler 500s out there. Oh, uh, so that's great. Just, Ooh, just, turn, yeah. just turn to YouTube and, and start, uh, start you know, searching Gambler 500 Oregon or other states, and you're going to find yourself uh, having a giant time suck in front of you and, and get caught up in some videos <laughs> for hours. It'll be a lot of entertainment. So, Josh, it seems like to me we interviewed somebody that did something having to do with... 500 it was like uh it was an xj that they had modified for to be absolutely a, a now there are race other events yeah there are other events that have that i think have been the um the inspiration to the creation of the gambler 500 now there there has been a uh, an event that has gone on for decades called the 24 hours of Lam of of lemons yeah not to be confused with 24 hours of lemon which spelled is the same. a long time <laughs> running race um it was spelled with an a instead of an o yeah. Um, so this is 24 hours of lemons, which is another 500 race, actually, um, where, again, you can't buy a vehicle for more than like $500. Uh, and this has to race a road course for 24 hours straight. Wow. Now, there's not too many cars that you can buy for $500 that can be <laughs> raced for 24, 24 hours. hours hard. <laughs> you know, th there's just no way. So uh, obviously, you know, teams fall off left and right um, on this. Uh, and parts. And we actually had, yeah, we, <laughs> and parts, right. Um, we, we had uh, uh, somebody who was uh, part of a, a group, a team, if you will, called Petty Cash Racing. Uh, and it was Matt Adair uh, who actually raced a, a Jeep Cherokee XJ through the 24 hours of lemons. Um, and uh, uh, this is it was a great interview. It's a great race. Uh, I think even Adam Carolla has participated in this race once or oh twice, if not more. So wow. yeah, celebrities get in on it. Um, it is a huge event, uh, and it is it is absolutely uh, uh, one of a kind. Uh, but it's it's events like that that have spurred the creation of things like the Gambler Five Hundred and, and other events uh, across this nation. They they because of the rules and the silliness involved and and sort of the underlying theme. That, that permeates through through these kinds of events fully, uh, you, you get almost a cult following. Yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, the vehicles that you see. I mean, everything that, that you'd find, like, straight out of Mad Max to sure. straight up, you know, out oh, of Burning Man. I can so, only imagine. Everything in, be everything in between. So it, it is it is absolutely a, a unique experience that you're likely going to have a hard time finding anywhere else on this planet. Yeah, go well, back to uh, episode 72 if you'd like to uh, hear that interview. And, you know, Josh, I'm remembering uh, something from the interview that, uh, that Matt said. They had to put baffles in the oil pan because they were going at a... Oh, that's right. They were turning all the time and all the oil was sloshing over to one side. So Yeah. 
That's right. I do remember that part of the interview too. Yeah, yeah, because the uh, the XJ, the four liter inline six, has such a big oil pan. It's so big and open and everything. And although it has a fair amount of capacity, when you start going around a road course racing a vehicle, G forces come into play quite substantially and are going to move that oil way away from that pickup point. Yeah. And uh, and they yeah they were running into a situation where in one year they they had a they almost blew up the engine because of oil starvation. Uh, so, yeah, that, that can be a thing, both on-road and off-road. Well, I'm hoping that she will present some pictures to us, you know, and give us an update on this race, because I'm excited to see some really cool yeah. stuff. You know, that'd be going to be living vicariously so. through her, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, thanks for this, Tammy. That's I can't wait to hear about it. So, well, and how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. I know we're you know, getting. Uh, I'm, I know we're getting new listeners all the time, and I'd just like to mention that uh, Tammy is a co-host on this show, but because of life changes, she is uh, no longer in an area where she has high-speed internet. So uh, I just want to uh, do a tip of a hat to Tammy for taking the time to record these uh, segments and send them in, so she can continue to be part of the show. And I'm sure in the future, whenever she uh, regains uh, high-speed internet. Uh, in her life, we will. Uh, you'll hear four people fighting for uh, the the mic <laughs> <laughs> on this show. Oh God! Boy, slam that door! Why don't you? That's the that's the sound of a quality XJ door. <laughs> <laughs> So this part of the show, as, as uh, Tony had alluded, we may have some new listeners, uh, so i got to go ahead and, and preface just what the heck we're doing here. Uh, and uh, uh, this is the part of the show where we're going to go ahead and pull up around a campfire, uh, grab some chairs, maybe crack a beverage, and talk about one particular topic or another. And uh, each and every week, we pull out a different topic from who knows where uh, and uh, invite you, the listener. Uh, to pull up around the campfire with us and uh, and chat about uh, whatever we have going on this week and and this week we have a bunch of listeners with us. Uh, we're going to try and get through some of these. Uh, I'm going to uh, just tell you guys right now. Uh, may have to skip uh, one or two of you guys uh, out there. So uh, definitely going to go uh, go through this list here pretty quick. Well, please skip uh, but, skip me. I don't need. I, I've talked enough. Let the uh, the Zoom people get, get in there <laughs> exactly. and have a chat. Exactly. Yep. No problem. So uh, this week's question, uh, and sometimes it's a question, sometimes it's a debate, uh, sometimes it's just a general topic uh, to openly talk about, but uh, a question this week is what piece of technology do you wish your Jeep had? Uh, we talked earlier in the show about, about Jeep uh, showcasing um, some upcoming technology in, in the next uh, 10 years, uh, what they may be uh, uh, producing for us Jeepers here by 2030, some very interesting technology coming out. Uh, some of it is dang near sci-fi level. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I thought it would be a good topic to talk about, and I knew that I know there's some guys around the uh, some folks around the campfire tonight that, that have older Jeeps too. Uh, so we're going to talk about you know what kind of technology do you wish that your Jeep had, um, whether it's current technology or not. Maybe it's something that uh, we haven't thought of yet. Um, and so we're going to go right to the uh, to our listeners. Uh, first up tonight, we've got Travis with us, a, a fixture here on the show, been with us for a, for a while, Travis. What would you say uh, is a piece of technology that you wish that your Jeep had that currently doesn't? The adaptive cruise control. I've got an old YJ. I've got a new truck. That adaptive cruise control, when I'm driving to and from, I absolutely love. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, I put cameras in the Jeep. I've done 
anything and everything else. Sound system you were talking about last week, got it up and going. But just that cruise control to slow down, speed up, sit in traffic. And driving here in Charlotte, I just, yeah, I love that feature. That's about the only new feature I do care about because I don't care about computers. I don't want them in the Jeep. But that I love. You know, when you're driving your Jeep to and from a wheeling destination, maybe you've got three hours of super slab that you've got to navigate before you can get to see even a, a one speck of gravel. Uh, it would be nice to be able to, you know, let the feet off the pedals and, and just sort of let the Jeep do what it's going to do and keep it at, a, at a, a specific speed. Being able to bump that up or bump it down at will, that would be a nice creature comfort to have on an older Jeep. I, I, I could definitely agree with you there. Travis, that's a good one. I, I wouldn't have thought about that for the YJ. Uh, what about uh, Chris with 7slats.com? Uh, of course, Chris is helping us uh, with our show notes and the website, uh, stuff like that. Thanks again for that, Chris. 7slats.com, uh, be sure to check it out. Chris, what piece of technology is missing from your Jeep? I can't really think of any. I'm old school. I've got a 14 JK 6-speed. Uh, it's got cruise control, which I agree with Travis. It's it's critical because the, the right foot will hurt after a while, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I just I can't think of anything that comes to mind that I would want added to it. Um, it's got heated mirrors, which is a nice thing, but I, I just oh, you're not spoiled a, rotten. What I know, I know. This guy. I just want to I just want to mention real quick the reason why the Gladiator does not have adaptive cruise control is Chris told me in, in chat you don't want that shit, so I didn't <laughs> <Exactly>. order it. <laughs> Does it have yeah, cruise control all the Oh, yeah, it does. I use it oh. quite a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, one of those things, I, I it, it, Jeeps nowadays uh, have a lot going on. And, and certainly the, the newer generation of Jeeps, they, they've really done some remarkable improvements as far as aesthetics and things like that. Uh, but back in the day, I mean, something as simple as cup holders. Oh, yeah. Would, you know, people <laughs> would have died to have just a single cup holder in their Jeep. Uh, because there were times where, where Jeep was producing several models, in fact, that did not have even a single cup holder. So my I'm going to move over to... My 90, weight, what, my 90 YJ didn't come with a radio. Oh, wow. Didn't have a, wow. That's was amazing. It previous, was it because the previous owner had pulled it out, or, or was it because it didn't come that way? Didn't come that way. Brand new. Oh, Brand wow. New. That's it was, uh, was uh, 99.95 back in the day. It was a uh, four-cylinder. Uh, the only option it had was a hardtop. That was it. No radio. No, the Grand no. Wagoneer has no cup holders. Oh yeah, well, really? yeah, the, yeah, the Waggies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the YJ. You know, I, there's like I said, there's many Jeeps in the lineup that did not have even so yeah. much as a cup. You know, if you think about technology, you wouldn't think about cup holder. A hole, but yeah, you know, still. <laughs> I want a hole, man. Just want a hole. I want a hole right, for my cup. The PVC pipe screwed to the side or something. I don't care. The uh, prior to '97 XJs. I think all of them uh, prior to '97 did not have cup holders. All right, John Lee, Rhino Rubicon with us tonight. Uh, what would you have to say about a piece of technology that you wish your Jeep had? I would say a tilt meter. Like oh, a built yeah. in, built in. I know the new Gladiators have that if you go into that like off-road mode app, yep. but just a really easy tilt. I hate off-camber situations. Um, that's really? Not, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of it. Like climbing over rocks, but I mean... I just the, the off camber stuff really gets me nervous, and um, it should be in your gauge package. It, not on a JK. Oh, JK. All right. So I, yeah, I'm not a JL guy, so I don't have. I know the Gladiators and the JLs have it built in, but you know, 
mine, I don't have it. So I, I'll I, tell I you this. The, you you do not have time to look at it. Uh, it would be a good thing for, <laughs> for the passenger to scream out How to you. How fast are you going over those rocks, Tony? Jeez. I'm paying attention to what I'm going over. I'm not paying so attention slow. to looking at, at the center <laughs> to see what the, the thing is. Now, if I stop, I like looking at it. Uh, seven, seven, I think I saw 17 degrees on it uh, at one point out there at uh, Hidden Falls, which was cool, but... I mean, I had it up all the time, and I never, never had time to look at it. That means you oh, took darn. the bypass. <laughs> oh! <laughs> the, 17, the 17 degree oh. is a bypass? That's, that's, not, that's not all that much. We've got, we've got I didn't think it was either, but I'm like John. It was, it's weird if you're not used to being off camber. No, uh, that's true. you gotta pull your, you got to pull your elbow in so it doesn't drag across the dirt. <laughs> we've, yeah, we got far. some three notches out here in Oregon that uh, you're dragging mirror no matter what. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, that that's a good one, John Lee. Thanks for that. What about Bob? Two cheap Jeep guys. Uh, technology in the Jeep that you wish you had that you don't. None. <laughs> yep. Right. I, I put a Bluetooth radio in it. That's the only thing it needs. That's one of the reasons I got the TJ. I don't want to go any newer. I don't want. Any more than that. And that's to listen to the uh, Jeep talk show while you're off wheeling, right? That's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Good man. No, yeah. Honestly, honestly, there there are a lot of people out there that say the TJ was the last great Jeep. It's true. Uh, and, and and ever since then, that uh, the Jeep has just made one mistake after another. And uh, but there are those people out there. I, I'm not necessarily one uh, in that camp, but uh, I, I do have a soft spot for the, for both the uh, the TJ and or uh, yeah, both the TJ and the uh, uh, the LJ, especially the LJ. Oh yeah, LJs are nice. Andrew was an LJ, by the way. So. Nice, nice. Dustin, uh, what about a piece of technology in your Jeep that you wish you had? Well, I got a YJ also, so it's got like zero electronics in it, but uh, air conditioning would be the best technology I could put up in it. Oh, right? Always love it. I can't tell you how many Jeeps I've been in that did not have working air conditioning, whether I was just working on them, uh, doing some, you know, sort of an update of some kind or another, doing an install, uh, and, and, you know, being in that Jeep, you know, test drive or whatever, and no AC. Out on the trail doing fireman drills and stuff like that. No AC in somebody nope. else's Jeep. It's like, dude, I am sticky in here. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So AC is one of those things that, I mean, yeah, come on. In the Jeep, whether you can take the top off or not, you, you have an awesome heater. You got to have some awesome AC too. People would come over and tap on the window to talk to me in the Gladiator Hidden Falls. And I'd try to talk to them through the glass. And then the, they couldn't hear me. So I'd crack it about a quarter inch. <laughs> <laughs> Talk, get my mouth up Gotta into the corner. Edge. In, folks. What? What is <laughs> it? What, what's the matter? <laughs> what do you want? I'm, I'm chilling in here. Leave me alone. I got, I got a nice 68 degrees going on here, folks. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> yeah. Now I do. I do understand that uh, the YJs. Uh, you can get. Was it the under dash? Is is that how the YJs had it? Was the under dash unit uh, for for the AC? Uh, I know the They're CJs hurt. for sure. But uh, I think the YJs, yeah. too, there was, uh, the AC was an underdash unit. Yeah, it was a complete separate unit, pretty much an add-on standalone unit that was not tied into the radio, or the heater. I mean, it was completely standalone there. So, Although the newest uh, air conditioners, I think they are tied in through the radio. So there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Everything goes to the damn radio. Christopher with a K here with us tonight. Christopher, uh, technology in your Jeep that you wish you had that it doesn't. Um, I have a WJ and they, uh, it's limited, so it's got quite a bit of electronics yeah. on it. Right. The only thing is it all still really, working? 
<laughs> uh, the only thing that's not working that I wish worked uh, was my heated seats in the wintertime. Oh, wow. Uh, I knew he was going to say AC, but that's good. It's got heated mirrors. It's got automatic AC heating. Uh, wow. I just put it on a thermostat like a house, and it just sets it to whatever. Um, so Jeep has been doing this technology for a while. It's a, That's interesting to hear uh, that uh, they've actually been doing this technology for, for longer than what I suspected. Uh, yeah, I um, thought that the heated seats in the Grand Cherokees didn't come out until the WK, but I guess they were in the WJ. All right. Yeah, they were in the WJ. Uh, but yeah, that's the only thing really. The, the heated seats don't work. That leather gets really cold. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. And heated seats are a nice creature comfort. They, uh, and yeah, I've, I've had a set. I've never had the heated steering wheel, and I've never driven a vehicle that had the heated steering wheel. So that that's uh, an experience I have yet to uh, uh, to to enjoy. So uh, if you're out there with a heated steering wheel and you're going yeah 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 yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> toasty, so toasty. <laughs> Steve-O, technology that you wish your Jeep had, what, what is it? Well, I've got a JLU, so I'll be honest with you. I'm more of something in there that I want gone. The auto starts stop. Yeah. Oh, especially, that. Turn it off. Mine is disabled. Especially after I saw where the stupid secondary battery is when I watched the YouTube video. And I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. God. Oh, yeah. It's under the power distribution box is one way you get to yeah. it. Or you go take the fender off and you got to go in through underneath. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I got the heated suit and all the heated seats and, you know, all those things. But yeah, the auto starts stop is the thing I say, let's take it out. So did yeah, you, did you, you get a uh, Taser Mini? Uh, to I thought you got a, you were gonna get or you had a Taser Mini because that's how I disabled mine. I did the um, oh, what's it called J Scan app because okay. that's where it's on the phone. It's got actually GUI interface. I didn't the Taser reminded me of uh, Toy Story Ham where he goes through the remote control and you got to keep going. Oop, went to, you got to yes, go all the way around again exactly. to the menu. So I just and I've and I think it's an option the J Scan. I just haven't gotten to it yet. But at the same point. When that battery goes bad, you're still going to have to go in there, fish it out. Yep, you are. I'm Very looking forward to it. Down. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah, that's, I've, I've heard uh, the start-stop being probably one of the biggest complaints of modern technology across Hate multiple it. vehicle platforms. Hate it, so it's, it's not, yeah, not just, and, and it's one of those things where you, unless you have the, the, the ability to reprogram the, the computer uh, with an aftermarket device, you, it is something that you have to disable every time that you get into the vehicle. And, th- and that's just a headache, man. Come on. Well, there should a, be a switch. It's 100 to $300 to be able to turn it off. But and the question is, even if you turn it off, when that battery goes dead, which it will, if it's, oh, if yeah. it's bypassed, you still have to go in there and fish it out and replace it. Unreal. So you pay for a battery you're not even using. Yep. Well, that's how they get you, folks. That's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, a uh, piece of technology on your Jeep that you wish you had, but it doesn't. Color changing check engine light. <laughs> what? Color changing check engine Color light. Color changing, that's kind of cool. Interesting. Because that, that, that bright yellow is just, it'll get your attention, uh, but if it's something like an O2 sensor that you can ignore for a little while, uh, you don't want that blaring yellow. Uh, just you know, f- right up in your face, and it, illuminating half the cab at night. It's it's absolutely uh, uh, just hideous. I, I'm with I'm with you on this one, man. Uh, yeah, being able to turn that to a more subtle, you know, a red or a, a you know dark blue, you know, something that's a little bit easier on the eyes, or maybe just a dimmer knob on it, if nothing else. 
Man, I think if there was a winner tonight so far, Bobby's got it. That's a good one. Snooze button. I, I, I vote for a snooze button <laughs> on the check engine light. <laughs> That's not too shabby. Not too shabby. <laughs> Bobby, if you could change it to a color, if you could change it to any color, what would it be? Probably red. Ah, I like the way this guy oh, thinks. Oh, dang. Yeah, right. You had to ask that, Josh. Hey, you, my, my Jeep has red on it. Yeah, well, I don't know if you guys know this, but, uh, you know, most police vehicles, uh, the interior light, uh, they've got a red option so that they can maintain their, uh, their night vision. Uh, I know the, uh, the old Army flashlights back in the day used to have a red lens that you could screw on them uh, because you could still, you know, kind of see your map and stuff like that, but it wouldn't ruin your night vision. For whatever reason, the red spectrum of light uh, doesn't ruin your, your night vision. And so, uh, you know, I, I, for one, have got exceptional night vision, and, and even the slightest little bit of light will ruin that for me. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where if you can, if you can keep a bright light uh, in the right spectrum away from you, and when it's dark out, you can maintain better night vision for longer. So that's a good one, man. That's a good one. Thanks, Bobby. Jimmy Jeep with us tonight. Jimmy, what would you have to say is a piece of technology that you wish your Jeep had, but it doesn't? Hey, mine is, I, I've got air conditioning on all three Jeeps. I'll forego heated seats so I can get air-cooled seats. Oh, now we're talking. Have you experienced yes. that? that I, I've, I've, I've sat in My a wife's one truck time. has it. It's incredible. Oh, it is. It is wow. phenomenal. It, it is opulence at its most extreme. Uh, in, in, in the automotive world, there is nothing more luxurious than having, if nothing else, vented seats uh, to where they, mm. they just blow air through through the seats, through the perforation in the in the in the in the material, and and it and it cools you in all the right places. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so so no, the, yeah. the saying that chaps my ass is because you had the co- the the cool too low for the uh, low. the cooled seats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is something else. Yeah, I would go for that any day of the week. Uh, yeah, I I think I've started to see like some aftermarket, um, you know, seat pads that you kind of you you strap to the seat. That you plug into your cigarette lighter and it gives you the option of, of ventilation, not cooling, but ventilation or even a heated option. So if you've, you've got a YJ, for instance, and, uh, and you'd want some uh, heated seats in there, there are options out there, uh, but it requires uh, you to either hardwire them in or to sacrifice your cigarette lighter to power them up. So what do we got here? Uh, moving on to uh, Larry, Jeep and Mo uh, with us tonight. Larry, real quick, what's a piece of technology that you wish your Jeep had but doesn't? And my GL is pretty much, it's got more technology than that, than I really want. Oh, it's amazing. And I'm with Steve on that one. You know, and I've had to change that, that auxiliary battery and it sucks. Is it a and nine uh, volt? Is it one of those little hey, nine real, volt batteries that you put in there that, uh, like for the it's smoke? A, it's smoke like detector? a lawn, it's, it's like a lawnmower battery. Yeah. It's, you gotta, when you fish it out, but I mean, I can do Larry, anything, how, about anything how, I want to do with it. And, Larry, you know, I can't even Larry, run guy maps on my, Larry. what? I was going to ask you, how many miles did that battery last before you had to swap it out? 50, 50,000. Oh, it scared wow. the hell out of me there for a second. Well, I know what he said. Holy warranty issue right yeah. there. No, sure. yeah. And you can't, you can, you can jump one battery with the other through the terminals in case you in case it ever goes out. That's interesting. Cause it, it, it's a small battery that starts it, not the big one. When you do your initial startup, I'll be darned. I'll be darned. The big ones actually are auxiliary. So is that is that something that you have permanently bypassed on your Jeep, or is it something you wish you could get rid of? Wish I could get rid of it. Boy, you listening, Jeep? I don't think you, you can get rid Jeep? of it. I think it's twenty-four <laughs> volts. 
the twelve. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, I was gonna. I think the hybrid uh, models have the twenty-four volt uh, system, or is it? Yeah. Might even forty-eight volt. Actually, I can't remember now. Uh, moving on to Mike Zen here with us tonight. Mike Zen, uh, what would you have to say is a piece of technology that you wish your Jeep had? Well, personally, I like the Kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, because it's like, you know, the more technology that you have in your vehicle, that just gives you more opportunity to have uh, an electrical problem. Yes. So, Absolutely. so I would say the simplest, the, it's better. I like the KISS rule. Uh, my engineering professor had taught me that uh, early and often because uh, I, I had a, I still do, have a propensity to over-engineer things. And it's, you know, KISS, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, and, and I think that would uh, absolutely apply to jeeping. Uh, yeah, you, you got more systems, you got more components, you got more things that can fail, go wrong, or need to be repaired. Uh, and so a simpler system can work sometimes even better. Uh, what about you, Wendy? Uh, is there something that you wish your guys' Jeep had uh, that doesn't? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm with some of these guys going, nope, I don't want anything more. It's perfect how it is. I don't need anything else. We're good. So hamburger, there's nothing I would actually dream. Hamburger yeah. rubber tie-downs. That's it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that there, um, there weren't more people uh, that would have, have had the... Um, uh, the answer of no, my Jeep is dialed. I, there's nothing that I, I would uh, take away or, or add to it. Uh, but then again, um, a couple guys here with brand spanking new Jeeps, all these crazy new uh, driver assistant yeah, technology and stuff like that much. Uh, can get in the way. Absolutely. And as we see, the sometimes simpler is better. Well, you can join us around the Campfireside chat every Thursday night as we record this, um, and we record every episode uh, live every Thursday. And if you'd like to join in on the Campfireside chat, we would absolutely love to have you. Different topic each and every week. If you're new to the show, uh, there's a way that you can get in. There's no VIP or pay-to-play or anything like that. Uh, to find out how to join in on the fun, you can subscribe to our newsletter to get weekly reminders uh, and how to join via a Zoom room. That's how um, all the people that you've just heard have joined in on the show through Zoom. Uh, and it's very easy to do so. You can also follow us on Facebook uh, for notifications and, and the links and all that sort of stuff as, as well. I, uh, once again, big thanks out to uh, all of our listeners tonight who have joined Big List tonight. Um, so thanks again for everybody. Uh, I'm glad I was able to get to you all. And, and thanks for uh, uh, putting up with me kind of running through this so fast. Travis, Chris, John Lee, Bob, Dustin. Thanks again to Christopher, Steve, Bobby, and Jimmy as well. Thanks to Larry and Mike. Uh, for uh, putting up some great, uh, great, great topics tonight. Bobby, I think I'm going to give you the award tonight uh, for best answer. Uh, and, mm -hmm. of course, if you guys would like to join, uh, it's very easy to sign up for our newsletter. Uh, please just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You can find a link to click and sign up, and it's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. We're not going to spam you. You're going to get one email a week. That's it. Speaking of that's it, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to stay connected with the Jeep Talk Show each and every day as we gear up for a major announcement coming up in the couple next couple weeks. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep Podcast. You know, I just took the biggest Prius, but it kind of hurt when I wiped my, my Mahindra. <laughs> Guessing since 2010.